0: Tribe. Where you at? I hope you ready, rising from the ashes, and it's getting heavy. Conspiracies, we got plenty, and some are scary. From aliens to Bigfoot, extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. Dan Unaki, Dan and the homie, Romy. I was bugging out all the crazy things he showed me. Jesus bloodlines to the stars in the skies. Always a good time, vibing with the fire tribe. Hey, so wake up, wake up, get it crackin'. Rise out the ashes. I know you got a passion. Kick off the combo with theories, many conspiracies, Ooh. other dimensions, plenty ancient history. Fire tribe, where you at? Wake up. We about to get into it, I know you can't get enough At home, at work, it don't matter, turn it up Rising from the ashes, you know what's up, ayy hey. uh, Rising from the ashes Yo, what up Fire Tribe, welcome to
1: Rising
2: From the motherfucking ashes
0: Yo, I'm Dan Unaki Dan I'm the homie Romy.
2: And I am the Enlightened Alien.
0: What's going on?
2: Hey. Mama, how are you?
0: It's good, it's good, it's
2: good. Oh, yay. Yeah.
0: Today it's on good. the show, we have Navier Alora and Sabaya Sogard. And they are both natural mystic healers. And so we get into a conversation about the divine feminine and all aspects of femininity and the women in the world today. Uh, we get a little crazy, but it's fun. It's a good conversation. It's one that should be had from a female perspective. So that's
2: the breath of fresh air, breath yeah, of fresh air. It's
0: what we need. You know, We, as men, we can't just be commenting about females and stuff because we don't know we're not there we haven't been there we don't know so but that's about it what you got going
1: on uh elaine
2: uh not much H- uh, Elaine, how
1: the fuck are you bud
2: Living the dream you know you know
1: <laughs> uh, hey snakes
2: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you,
1: you want to give uh some these good people these amazing fire drivers just a little a little bit more uh that beautiful background you got going on, just to give us a little bit more story of, uh, of who you are outside of just being Dan's little sister.
2: <laughs> oh, Lord, what a thing oh, to live man. up to, huh? You're going to piss her Josh. off.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I know. He hasn't seen the fire yet.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, uh, let's see. Um, I was born and raised in California, obviously, Cali grown. The best of the best, right? Um, I'm a homemaker, housewife. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a little town um, on the coast. And now I live in the mountains and I run a farm. and heathen. Um, Yeah, heathen, heathen style. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I love nature. I love animals. Um, like Dan said, I can live as a heathen as I was destined to be out here for sure. I'm a homeschool mom and I believe that the system is broken. We need to start fresh and like raise some like bright souls, you know, because it's just getting like way too lost. I'm a chronic grower of all things green and gooey and sweet and spicy and sometimes a little salty. (laughs) Uh, I worked in the cannabis um, cultivation industry for. 15, 17 years. Um, I've grown thousands of plants. Um, and I worked as a clone specialist too for a while, um, at a farm here. Now I just grow for my neighbors and my family. And I have a huge greenhouse, you know, with like berries and seasonal vegetables and fruit trees. And I have like this awesome seed collection with coffee and cotton and (laughs) tobacco for when shit hits the fan. Uh, I can't wait for that. I'm definitely preparing. You're
3: the
2: dream. <laughs> yeah, I have like a, my own little tea garden, and um, we have like 500 or um, 50 species of like different medicinal plants, and some roses too. You know, gotta smell the roses from time to time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I tend to resonate more with animals than people for obvious reasons. Um, we have a bunch of animals out here, so I love. Um, hanging out with them and giving them love and we got goats and cows and chickies and ducks and all kinds of stuff so that's really really cool but um i got my bachelor's degree in science uh and i worked in the medical field all through my 20s and then i got my master's degree and all things conspiracy and woo woo <laughs> and um yeah i love learning like new skills and um i like to do art and paint And I spend my time researching everything from Atlantis to hidden secrets of history to bloodlines and genetics. Um, I have a thick Viking bloodline that uh, I haven't met anyone other than our family members that have, really. Um, Hmm. We're, uh, yeah, related to Rolo and the Charlemagne uh, lineage and some uh, high royalty from the Portuguese side of it the past 17 years i have just been researching like electromagnetism and frequency vibration resonance sound yeah all that shit
0: her husband's so, an electrician
2: yeah
0: he's the so, one that got me started on uh, Zachariah Sitchin in my 20s and he's always been a big fan of tesla and doing little experiments to figure out how electricity works and seeing if he can figure out different ways to do things
2: yeah i built a tesla coil yeah yeah. So I got all of that knowledge from him trying to manifest the destiny that I want and Living live through dream. this. Uh, yeah. Live through this realm we call L.I.F.E. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh-huh.
0: <laughs> Homie, what you got going on, dog? Probably not that much. Yeah,
2: huh?
3: Absolutely I know, what's
1: not? yeah. yeah no. Uh, what's my, going one on my... with the
0: scepter sticks, man?
1: I still haven't got mine in the mail yet. Bro, I can't. Stop. I keep spending money on books, dude. I now I don't have any extra money to. Send me some scepters. Do some other shit, man. Send me some money for uh, all the
0: podcast hosting I do.
1: Man, you he out here <laughs> acting like he do all the shit, man. Sometimes i will be doing this shit too, man.
0: Yeah, we know. We can tell it's all in capitals. Yeah. Hey, yeah. people <laughs> like it, bro. People like it. Seems I so. Like so angry. Thing. It's like ah, why is he so angry? Not the title
2: he's trying to get the feeling across he's that, trying to let you know how he feels uh,
1: yeah it's important listen man, up man, man. man i just try to break the you know <laughs> social norms of not just having to type things away thing you know we've told him okay. he could just like he not type
2: anything like you dan
1: oh yeah well hey <laughs> true. <laughs> true i'm pretty i'm pretty vague yeah <laughs> <laughs> um you know what? I'm going to start sending Scepter Smokes to you soon here, bud. Yeah, uh, man. I really want to try them, dude. I'm just waiting on some more papers. Okay. Well, send me some. Didn't Bring- you
2: say that they like correlate with some uh, tarot cards or each one's like a tarot card or something like that? Or
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're, well, we're going to have five main flavors, uh, five main blends. Um, and yeah, they're going to have a. Uh, um, a corresponding arcana, um, and a, and a corresponding, um, element. And, uh, we're, we're still working on it. We're definitely gonna have the moon card, um, star card, uh, you know, and, we're, and we're gonna have cool art. So it's gonna be fun. You know, it's just gonna be a fun little product that I like to smoke. So people like oh, to smoke. We've been smoking no, as a society and as a human creation for a very long very long time no what i uh
0: just thought of right now is uh thoth the atlantean is the one that came up with the tarot uh he's yeah, guy, yeah yeah and so the cups the cups he's thoth the atlantean so the cups also correlate to to that
1: Oh yeah no I was going to I didn't say it earlier but yeah no cups uh gauntlets and all that I mean it's incredibly occultic and esoteric it has deep meaning and it's not just a vessel it's like the like Hargus cup um which I brought up a while ago but it's a uh, you know made with like nanoparticles of gold and silver and when there's liquid in it and sunshine throughs it, like, shun, <laughs> sun shines through it, uh, it, it completely changes, like, the plasmon resonance on the other side. So, uh, like, I think we've been using cups for even different than we know as ancient tech that, like, we don't, you know, even have the yeah. considerable conception to try to, you know, fathom what the fuck.
0: Because they, sometimes yeah. they're, like, gold, too. Uh in a lot of sport, they use uh, cups as trophies.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, I haven't looked into you that much, know, like, actually. The... That's fascinating. Yeah, that'd be have
0: an interesting heard... thread to go down and see why they use cups for trophies. It's kind of weird.
2: Have you seen the cups that have, like, the little spheres uh, below them? Like, it's no. part of the cup. Mm-mm. It's um, like in old, like, chalice cups and stuff they had. Like oh, a, yeah. Like, it's, like, spheres, spherical at the bottom
0: uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, like
2: almost toward like this the stem of the glass yeah well um i heard like that they would uh swirl it like that in the motion of it going through the sphere it like changed the dynamic of the whatever oh. you're consuming.
0: well oh, with the wine structure. and stuff i know that they they yeah. like swirl yeah, wine swirl around, around and it helps to like uh
2: a right in the right brighten the aroma. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Well, I think I think also, you know, I think we all know that our ancient ancestors had a different uh, touch and understanding of physics and even just drinking something out of a finely made glass, you know, had more meaning. And there was a, a way that you could drink it to elevate, you know, the molecular structure on the inside, like. Just even everything, even down to a tea like that, being so well thought out, methodical, and having deep meaning—it's—it's—it's it's, it's beautiful.
0: I—I I remember my dad used to have these. Uh, I don't know if this has anything to do with anything, but my dad had these old steins, and they had like little lid things on them, and they're very like old, ornate looking, and they had like a little thumb thing that you could push on it, and the lid part would pop up. And they always thought they're really interesting, but I never knew like really where they came from or whatnot. But
2: I actually have one, like on my dresser that I'm staring at right now.
0: Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. One of his.
0: Oh, awesome. But,
2: uh, yeah. Those are fucking cool. Um, yeah. I think that is it like, like that a, brownish,
0: is it that like brownish grayish one?
2: It's like a ceramic and it's like, a I don't know, like a off white color and it has like some blue detail. Oh, okay like a metal lid, like a little cap. Yeah. yeah. pops up. Yeah. 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 Those are badass. I love this. But I put all my um, fortune cookie fortunes in there.
1: Oh, awesome. Yeah. Is that a lot? <laughs> Do you have a lot of fortune cookies? Is that a...
2: I used to work at a Chinese restaurant, Roman.
1: Nice, dude.
2: I know. Legit.
1: wow <laughs> what's your favorite dish, bro?
2: Oh, shoot. Probably like noodle soup.
1: Noodle soup. That I, sounded so anticlimactic. Like I was <laughs> expecting something and then you just hit me with some noodle soup. Yeah, you tell know us what? more like, about I, this dish.
2: I love like what I like can cook. Like, cause I live out in the country, you know, so I can't go get yeah. Chinese food whenever I want it. So I have had to like, you know, basically like remake it anything and everything that I want to eat. So I pretty much, I, we do like noodle soup and like cabbage and like, you know ginger lots, lots of ginger and garlic and like all that yeah. stuff and then i do like paper wrapped chicken and like cheese wontons and we do like barbecue beef like you know all the
4: staples
1: <laughs> uh i uh went to a thai restaurant the other day that i hadn't been to in town it was like a oh, really guys, small one oh dude what'd you get pineapple fried rice with my brother it sounds very nice my brother Uh, and and i went with a buddy that i hadn't seen in a while when uh we were actually going to do these intros like the other day you know and then i ended up it was a whole thing and then i sent you guys a video and that was my friend and i hadn't seen him in like four or five years and he popped through town anywho um we went and got some Thai food and I asked the lady I looked her right in the eyes and I said give it to me give me the Thai spice come on she's (laughs) like are you sure and I'm like baby do I look like I'm joking come on she's like okay comes back holy shit dude I was literally crying like in my seat she's like are you gonna be okay I was like <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. And she brought me some Thai tea. It was fucking tight.
0: Uh, yeah fucking uh, liability. Tie. I had a Thai tea this morning. Yep. Oh man, you oh, know the vibes, my brother. Dude, I love the Thai tea, man. But uh, yeah, R
2: F T, T- Elaine hey news news
0: news you can trust.
2: Angel dust.
1: Kick it off, <laughs> Roman. What you got? Hey, So last week, um, hit you guys with Ellen of the Ways, um, which is like a Celtic Northern goddess deity, and this week we are going to the boom 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 Aztecs and we're going to talk about Tosi um, an incredible goddess of the uh, of the Aztecs so here we go this is from the magical buffet an article the skin of snakes is often a point of curiosity among those who observe them Unlike many other animals, snakes shed their skin on a periodic basis. While the other creatures may simply shed skin cells or hair, a snake actually rids itself of its skin in one continuous piece, a procedure that can be likened to removing a sock. This shedding is not without purpose. Snakes shed their skin to allow for growth, as well as to remove parasites with their old skin snakes shed when they they grow too big for their skin comparable to the way humans outgrow clothing what about humans if they shed their skin do they become gods well according to the aztecs the answer is yes under the right circumstances and with that i give you tosi Tosi's birth into the world is filled with all of the markers of a suspense and horror film. Legend has it that way back in Mexico worked as mercenaries at the Culhua, The ruler of Culhua gave his daughter to the Mexica so she could marry one of the Mexican nobility. Once delivered to the Mexica, their primary deity, Huciopachoto, the god of war, ordered that the woman be flayed and sacrificed. When the Mexica did this, the goddess Tosi was born. She became the first female deity to the Mexica. The Mexica were driven from Culhua to the ruler and shortly after founded by Tenochtitlan, which later blossomed into the Aztec Empire. From these bloody beginnings came Tosi, the Aztec mother of the gods, a complex mother fertility deity that also is identified with war. And I assume that's due to her relationship with the god of war, Pochoto, who ordered the sacrifice that culminated with her birth. Tosi was worshipped during the harvest typically a young girl was sacrificed by tearing out her heart flaying her and her skin was later worn by a priest. Although an older mother deity, Tosi is rarely depicted as being aged she usually has black markings around the mouth and wears a headdress of cotton spools. As further proof that Tosi is perfect or some sort of horror suspense film I stumbled across Tosi, A Mexica Tale that was really all I could find on Tosi there Uh, besides like some of the more basic kind of overviews, uh, you'll see here in Aztec, hieroglyphs and markings as like uh, wearing serpents on her uh, dress and then potentially holding serpents. That's what brought me in was the art, Tosi. And then uh, like a lot of other Aztec gods, this is there's many names for Tosi. So it's a list of names. I wasn't even going to really try to go into and try to say because <laughs> they're incredibly yeah. hard to pronounce. <laughs> she was a god of of the gods. She was a goddess of, the, she was the mother of the goddesses. She was also the mother goddess of death and war. So there's that polarity there that we talk about in this episode. And that's why I thought it was good. But that's all I got. What you got, Elaine? <laughs>
2: that was pretty good. Hey, did you guys know that um the garter snake, when they're mating, they basically have like all the boys come into the yard, you know, they'll like literally put out a pheromone to like make all the boys start like having sex with each other.
1: <laughs> what <laughs> yeah the garter snake
2: <laughs> yeah i thought that, i was thinking about that when you're talking about snakes and serpents whatever huh. so anyways whatever. oh wow i thought that that was pretty cool anyways um have you guys uh ever heard of diatomaceous earth
1: i use it actually here
2: yeah yeah, uh, yeah any, right
1: yeah absolutely
2: yeah absolutely all right how about you daniel
0: i think uh roman's talked about it on the show before yeah
2: oh he nope. has
0: no i have not
2: i think i oh. talked to you about oh
0: it. maybe yeah good yeah.
2: yeah yep <laughs> anyways, <laughs> um, anyway, so diatomaceous earth is, um, it's a natural organic mineral that's found in the ocean and can be used uh, for gardening. It can be used internally. It can be used topically. A lot of health benefits um, can come of it if you do use it internally. Um, and if you do, there's food grade diatomaceous earth. So that would be what you would go and get. But I'm just going to read a little bit of explanation. Um, It says, diatomaceous earth is a naturally occurring sedimentary rock with a granule structure that is rich in silica. Um, So the silica part is basically what helps us the most because that's like what gives us plumper skin. Because this mineral is so soft, uh, it's easily broken down and ingested. It is a microorganism, like I said, that is found in the ocean. They are called diatoms basically just millions of years old, and they grind it all down. And it contains trace minerals can be like a powerful tool to use to enhance your health and heavy metal detox and all of that good stuff. Um, So some of the ways that it's used, um, reasons why it's used, uh, can uh, strengthen your hair and nails, make your skin more supple strengthens your teeth and bones. It's a great nutrition absorption tool. So basically like whatever you're eating or whatever, it'll help your body absorb more of it. And it does have some other trace minerals along with it. Your body also needs like calcium, sodium, potassium, copper, zinc, iron, phosphorus, selenium, magnesium, boron, and chromium. (laughs)
1: <laughs> just some minerals
2: um, just a few just a few but um it definitely helps like regulate uh, sleeping patterns it's good for heavy metal detox um it's good for alzheimer's uh diabetes uh, helps purify water um it kills like any small um soft-bodied insects so it's great for gardening I, I i'm pretty sure that's like the number one organic thing that uh, most gardeners use um if they're smart, uh, because it literally will kill off fire ants. Like, it's amazing. To use it internally, um, you just take a tablespoon of it a day, and you can mix it with, like, yogurt or whatever. But it's just, like, a really thin powdery substance, almost like baby powder. Take it, and, like, this shit does wonders. Like, it is so good. It will take, like, all the heavy metals out of you. Um, It will just make you feel like a new person. It, like, scrubs your gut, which is, like something that a lot of people need
1: <laughs> it, it reminds me of like uh doing like bentonite clay or, or supplementing with some sort of type of geophagy or like earthen product like that like i, I would definitely fuck yeah with
2: yeah you can mix the diatomaceous with um the bentonite clay also the clay actually almost acts like as a weight so it pulls the nasty stuff that's coming out of your body like out with it because the diatomaceous earth it acts like as an attractor like it's like a positive and negative going through your body so it will attract like all the negative things and like then you'll just you know poop it out, pee it out, sweat it out whatever and then um if you do it with the clay though it will uh probably constipate you but <laughs> it'll work faster <laughs>
1: I've heard of people doing a complete mentonite clay cleanses where they'll they'll eat a lot of it and then they'll just yep. basically poop out a fucking clay log. A clay
2: log, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah,
1: <and> it <laughs> runs through their have... cleans out their colon and and yeah, yeah. Like it's pretty nuts.
2: It's you actually can get sick if you do too much of it, like because your body will be shedding all the toxins so quick that you almost get like flu-like symptoms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have to drink a lot of water, otherwise you will constipate yourself like to no end
1: well that's cool as fuck <laughs> so, what, what what's the name yeah, of the brand that you used
2: i just get any food grade diatomaceous earth um i don't have a specific one that i n- usually always buy but i just get like the three gallon you know buckets of it and then have one for inside the house and that we use to eat and then one outside for gardening and stuff like that
1: i looked up a little article too on just like the health benefits of silica because plants you know silica is like incredibly important for your plants in the soil and Mm -hmm. the diatomaceous earth that we use it's not like the silica is not the type that breaks down so the plants can't really access the silica in the diatomaceous earth because it's not broken down to that level yeah well yeah yeah exactly and so But then I started looking up and silica is incredibly important and I I need to remember to get more silica in my diet, you know, because bones, baby. I heard earlier about a guy getting robot knuckles, right? Knuckle transplants. Because he was a mechanic and his his hands had such terrible carpal tunnel. Um, They were in so much pain, but they didn't replace anything else besides his knuckles. They gave him uh, AI knuckles. Wow. And his hand, he's like, I can feel Young again. Huh. It's crazy. He
2: got a pair of brass knuckles for Christmas.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah got the brass knucks
2: <laughs> Nooks.
0: Nooks. nooks. <sighs> I'm gonna be reading from uh the Jesus Mysteries by Timothy Freck and Peter Gandy. I've read from this book before, and I'm gonna do it again. This one is about we know you love Jesus, Dan. I do love Jesus.
2: Ooh, dancing Jesus, <laughs> dancing Jesus,
0: dancing Jesus. <laughs> this one's about sexual equality. In the pagan mysteries, initiation was open to all, regardless of sex. Dionysus' most intimate disciples were ecstatic women followers called the maenads, and in Italy, the mysteries of Dionysus were entirely run by women. Under the old Greek Olympian religion, women were condemned to live within four walls carrying out household chores, but with the coming of the rites of Dionysus, they ran wild in the woods. There were many famous priestesses and prophetesses of the pagan mysteries, the great mystical poet Sappho and her sisters on Lesbos, who were priestesses in the mysteries of Adonis, uh, Diotima, the priestess who taught Socrates and the Pythoness, oracular priestess at Delphi, whose advice was sought by the powerful statesmen and famous philosophers of the ancient world. The Christian Clement of Alexandria compiled a list of pagan women whose achievements he admired, as well as famous women poets and painters. He mentions philosophers such as Erignote, Themisto, and others including two who studied with plato and one trained by socrates the Pythagoreans were famous for giving freedom and respect to women ancient pythagorean texts often stressed the equal status of women and men according to aristocenus pythagoras got most of his ethical lore from a priestess of delphi called themistoclea the in his letter to the woman of Croton, Pythagoras says expressly that women as a sex are more naturally akin to piety. It was to a woman, his daughter Damo, that he entrusted his writings, a woman disciple of the Pythagoras called Arig- Arignote. Arignot- was the author of a book called The Rites of Dionysus and Other Philosophical Works. Their pagan predecessors, the Gnostics, also honored women and considered them equal to men. After all, in the Gospels, Jesus is portrayed as violating Jewish convention by talking openly with women, whom he included among his close companions, and it is women who first discover the risen Christ, Clement teaches in Christ, there is neither male nor female, explaining that the term humanity is common to both men and women. In Gnostic Gospels, female figures, particularly Mary Magdalene, play central roles in the dialogue of the Savior. Mary is portrayed as a woman who has understood completely and with whom Jesus had a particularly close relationship A wise Mary Magdalene is often portrayed in conflict with a foolish and misogynist Peter. In the Pistis Sophia, Peter complains that Mary is dominating the conversation with Jesus and displacing his own rightful priority and that of the other male apostles. He urges Jesus to silence her, but Jesus rebukes him. Later, Mary admits to Jesus that she hardly dares speak freely because Peter makes me hesitate. I am afraid of him because he hates the female race. Jesus replies that whoever the Spirit inspires is divinely ordained to speak, whether man or woman. Irenaeus records with irritation that women were particularly attracted to Gnostic Christianity. This is not surprising since among Gnostics, women... Enjoyed positions of leadership and spiritual authority. Unlike in the literalist church, where they were regarded as second class human beings, Iranius er, is appalled that the Gnostic sage Marcus encouraged women to act as priests in celebrating the Eucharist. While Tertullian complains bitterly about those women among the heretics who told who hold positions of authority and is engaged that they teach they engage in discussion they exercise they cure he suspects they might even baptize and act as bishops horrible women
1: act as how dare you act as a bishop
0: yeah how dare you do what we do
1: I mean, what entire nation are you? So, what?
0: <laughs> so that just goes into like you know the treatment of women in Christianity, you know, and the the whole loss of the goddess kind of goes into that. Uh, like we had the conversation with Ed Dodge, and we we kind of covered that briefly about you know how they were treated in ancient times. So that's all I got for you guys today.
1: Thank you, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The goddess, where is she at? Why is she so gone from today's society? Where the fuck is she? We gotta get her back. Gotta get the mama back. Gotta get the mama back, yeah. Wow,
2: right. that was unique.
1: Yeah, that was
0: good. <laughs> and here we go, Fire Tribe. Here is Sabaya Sogard and Navier Alora enjoy and wake
1: up wake up my brothers hey everybody thank you for tuning in to today's show we are rising from the ashes and we as the fire tribe will rise Awaken our eyes beyond what is seemingly laid upon us. We can extend our consciousness to the further ends of our cosmic understanding. If you enjoy our show and you like the content that we create, make sure to like, subscribe, share with your friends hello everybody yes please 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 do also follow us on instagram at RFTA podcast. if you have any questions or concerns you can email us at risingftashes at yahoo.com
0: welcome to Rising from
1: the Ashes. I'm Dan Unaki Dan. And I am the homie Romy. Hello, Daniel. How is it on this beautiful evening for you?
0: It's great. We also have in the house with us Elaine. How's it going, Elaine?
2: What is up, my brother?
0: Not much. Chilling. Hanging out.
2: Chilling. Nice.
0: Yeah. Long day at work. Actually, a short day at work, so it was nice. Yesterday was a long day. Uh, And then today we also have joining us Sobaya Sogard and Navier
1: Alora. Hello. Aloha. Aloha. Wow, what a beautiful group of uh, of humans um, to join us at this, this special blessed month that we're diving into the Divine Feminine. Uh, And what it means to to all it's it's a it's quite a blessing to have this many people on the screen and to share their sweet enlightenment. I've known Sabaya for quite some time. It's been several years,
3: years and years and years.
1: Years. Lots of beers. (laughs)
0: Let's start with uh, Sabaya. Uh, Just can you just give us a little uh, brief history of yourself and what you do?
3: Currently, I'm a professional psychic. I do clairvoyant readings. You can check me out at visionswitch.space. I also play trumpet. Also do music. Uh, But I'm really excited to talk about this stuff today.
0: Excellent. And then uh, Navier, uh, she's been on twice already. So this is the third time. And you should already know, people. Come on, Fire Tribe.
4: Yay. So I host a podcast called A Wandering Witch. Podcast. And I also have um a clairvoyant business called A Wandering Witch that I do psychic services, like Akashic Records and um, Clairvoyant Tarot, something that I call Soul Star Coaching, but it's essentially like working with all the different tools and gifts that I have. It's not just clairvoyance, it's like mediumship and like coaching sort mm-hmm. of. Um it's like putting it all into one session. Sometimes I pull from sidereal astrology or mine astrology, but it's sort of like a gestalt, like whatever needs to come comes. So I'm doing that. And I have a Etsy shop, a wondering which Etsy shop. Etsy. Etsy. Um, it is what it is, but it's a platform that I can um, from off grid living easily send people to shop my, my services and which fails and um, vintage, which psychic items and things like that, like, uh, some jewelry and stuff. Yeah. I've been Excellent. doing this since, um, it's over 30 years now. I know. How is that possible? But it's happening. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Excellent.
0: Um, so, uh, let's start with a uh, Sabaya. Tell us, uh, does the goddess mean to you?
3: Well, I think there's uh, so many different ways that we get to embody different aspects, different parts of our, kind of like different parts we get to try on and play out um, in our lifetimes. And maybe some people have fewer of these to draw off of and are kind of more singular in how they express themselves. And there are also people who have a lot of various different identities to play with. I think that the goddess is a way of kind of... um, or the divine feminine is a way to look at these archetypes, look at these aspects, look at the kind of um, different things that we all understand and we can feel and know. Um, but it's how much do we want to get to play that part and represent or express through this quality.
0: Excellent. And Navier, how about you?
4: Is the goddess to be. I feel like the goddess is the great cosmic creatrix. Mm. And in a sense, a primordial mother of life of, of all creation i think of it as an extension or an embodiment of of myself all other created beings trees people my cats etc it's like an emanation of the great goddess
3: mm.
4: i could go on and on
1: I think you might've dropped out there for a second. Uh, Navi, I did, Or is that just my side? Like she kind of. Am I again. here? Yes. 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 I think you kind of dro- like <laughs> dropped out a little bit at the end uh- and then it picked right back up. And I was like, Oh, there was a little silence, but you were still going. Uh, see, that's, that's good old zoom, but I think we captured the most of it there.
4: Okay.
0: Yeah. Elaine, what does the goddess mean to you? Uh,
2: I think the goddess encompasses, um, all aspects of society and, um, you know, obviously the earthly part and, you know, being one with nature and having that connection with, you know, her and, you know, thanking, thanking her for, you know, the bounties that she provides for us and to live off and everything like that. And um, I think that there's also like a part of us that is like the huntress and the, the warrior that like fights for her family and beliefs and, you know, basically just offends your honor and or your family and i think also though that you know you're like the the maiden though also like your entire life even though they say i think you like grow out of the maiden stage that's like the beginning stage where it's like you're like the little girl that like is just learning everything like i'm still like a kid at heart like i'm never gonna grow up so i think that that kind of like sticks with you too like (laughs) your entire life if that makes sense yeah yeah i think it, it just encompasses everything you know from being the queen to being the mother to the medicine woman to the warrior i think it's all of it and fuck i mean i strive i strive to be all of those things every day that's for sure because yeah. you got a bad bitch you got to be a bad bitch today
0: <laughs> there's definitely <laughs> in uh mythology uh like a. Uh like an evil woman or destruction. Dis- how do I say destructive woman and like a, a serene, like a uh, life giving woman. Um, right. And then it's always kind of like a opposite ego type thing. But, but it's uh, the
1: same. Cause the water ripples, the water is calm and it creates it. life. And then it also ripples and creates waves. It's that mm-hmm. kind of like perfect.
4: Or hurricane.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, you going to say uh, something?
3: Well, yeah, it's, we're asking kind of uh, what we're, are, you know, what we're starting out with, what we're looking at, what this is with the divine feminine. What is the goddess? And um, I do kind of want to mention too that you know, since we got a couple guys here and a few good ladies, <laughs> it's like that interplay. It's that back and forth. It's just like you can have these qualities, like you were saying, like the female can be the destroyer. Yeah. There can also be like the man can also be the builder you know we we vacillate between these qualities and there's a lot of ways that um, the masculine qualities complement the feminine qualities but it's like you can go back and forth that it, it encompasses such a spectrum so it's like which which aspect are we invoking you know but there's always yeah. going to be duality there's always going to be the other side of it yeah. always the yin and the yang for sure
2: you can't have one without the other
1: yeah and there's it's it's interesting too to take, to Try to, cause, you know, when you like look at astrology and stuff, it, it shows you, like, even on the basic astrology app, right? You enter in your birth chart and it tells you yourself, whether you are specifically a man or a woman, whatever you consider yourself, you know, on the physical side. Um, astrologically, they tell you, you know, you have this much feminine energy in your chart. And you have this much masculine, like my, my astrology app tells me that, you know, it says it there. I don't know how, you know, obviously accurate it is or, or not, but um, <clears throat> it's, it's interesting because, you know, the, those qualities that we speak of, you know, they, like some people just have maybe the way they live their life. They're not working to balance it. So they, they spend more time on, on this side of the scale, you, you know, does that make sense? What, what's, what's up with that?
2: Maybe there's just an imbalance your entire life, Roman. There's never going to be a balance.
1: (laughs) No, I'm not talking about me. I'm shit, bro. I've been in and out.
3: That's (laughs) existence, though. You know, it's breathing. It's never it's never stops. It never pauses. It's like it's either in or out, back or forth. You know, if you're just going to be like one thing it's you're not really existing a i mean stagnant mess <laughs> yeah yeah, no. but
1: look at society and how like the masses are like not being able to connect or even understanding like i looked up if or if you look up just like the what is defined feminine on google this is the answer okay and this so this kind of like because we're all um all of us here i'd say like have like dipped into our spiritual side you know a bit and but a, a large part of society that we live in, you know, they they forget to dip into their spiritual side, and it's not their fault. Or um, you know, I think it's a societal situation. But the what is the meaning of divine feminine on Google? It says the divine feminine is the spiritual concept that there exists a feminine counterpart to the patriarchal and masculine worship structures that have long domini- dominated organized religions, and that that right there just tells me that it's just like. They're emphasizing the fact that it's like, it's really not like it's, it's just a concept that it could potentially exist. This feminine counterpart to the energy that's dominated the world ever since, you know, we've had society. So that's what I mean. You know, I think societally we, we are, are more of a, on that masculine energy, that type of like not appreciating the divine feminine.
3: Well, you just uh, read something that was a definition of something too. And, you know, if you define it, you're kind of limited. So how do you get to talk about something in a way that's a little bit more expansive and curious? You know, like I look at, um, it was playing off the, the patriarchal definition. Well, how were we even exposed to goddesses in the first place? Like I'm kind of curious as to when Navier first Mm. even heard about goddesses or when Elaine first got to understand what the defined feminine was, you know, because it definitely wasn't something I learned early on and had to kind of take information I already had to kind of go, well, what is this? And how does that work for me? See, demonstrated by others, you know, it takes time to actualize a concept. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And I think society
2: like drives you in a way too, where you have to like fit a mold or you have to be a specific way and or think a certain way or whatever the case is. And that's like pushed on people so hard. And as kids, too, you know, and people just want to fit in. So they morph to whatever it is that the society wants you to be. And then that's the end of it.
3: I
4: I was raised Catholic. And so the concept of the Divine Mother. Was always present. But to me, especially as I got older and like resonated less and less with Catholicism and felt kind of out of step and out of sync with the, yes, patriarchy, but also because I was having a lot of spiritual experiences, you know, psychic and like supernatural experiences. Um, and there was no, uh, support or acknowledgement even coming from that community. Um, I felt like there really wasn't a home for me there. And so I started to look into other, you know, like paganism, eventually witchcraft. Um, But I started to view Mary as sort of a neutered version of what I got to know as the empowered divine feminine or the goddess. And I started to see it everywhere. I would see like garden statues of Mary where she was stepping on a serpent. And I would be like, whoa, she is legit stepping on her Shakti. She's stepping on her own serpentine life force and allowing herself to be this like neutered, sexless image of woman. Because she was like, I mean, this is what they taught us. She was without sin. She was without stain. She was a virgin her whole life. Like that's why it was, she was not only a virgin, but she was conceived immaculately also. So even her mother was pregnant, not by sex with her. I don't know if people know that, mm. but that's, there's even a feast of the immaculate conception. And that's her. She is the immaculate conception to my knowledge. And maybe I'm all screwed up, but that's what I always thought. And mm. um, so, yeah, there was this Mary concept, but it never felt really empowered. She felt like, and I think that we see this kind of in the archetypes and stereotypes of, of modern day women, they're viewed as like the Madonna or the horror. I'm sure you've heard of that. Like either she's hot and she's sexy and you like want to go there or she's up on a pedestal and it's like this saintly Mother Madonna energy of like holy, virginal, pure and without stain. So it's like either they're hot or they're holy. And I look at the Catholic Church as doing that with the two Marys, like Mary Magdalene and Mary Mother Mary. Um, so that was my first experience with with um with the goddess concept was was Mary, and around eighteen nineteen, I started getting into paganism and witchcraft, and I was dating this guy, <laughs> and had found these um, sacred circle videos. We're going back, folks. We're going back. We're VHS tapes, and I took them to his house. Come on, Marty, <laughs> to show him, you know, Starhawk and you know spiral dance and all this sort of stuff. And um, he sat through it reluctantly. And um, the next day, he wanted me to come over, and I was like, "No, I'm gonna hang out with my friends." And he was like, "Why are you ignoring me?" And I was like, "I was just there yesterday, bro." Like, and my other friend was was with him, and he said, "Hey, did you leave some tapes here yesterday?" And I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "Oh, because he's like jumping on them in the on the on the street." He's jumping up and down on these <laughs> Ooh, VHS <provocative>. tapes. Yeah. <laughs> Very and, provoked. <laughs> and he was yelling, there's no goddess. There is no goddess. Stomp Whoa. stomp stomp all over my Starbucks videos. Yeah, but um and and I say this little little ditty because I want to throw into the ring like what happens when women start taking their power back? And when society starts to view God as a woman again, ah, uh. how threatening is it to the power structures? A and to the people who have the power. And I'll step away with that.
3: <laughs> I, yeah, it. I, I like uh, I like thinking of uh, Mary as the gateway, <laughs> the gateway drug to <laughs> the goddesses. Um, because yeah, it's 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 like the most. Ex- that's the one we see the most, um, especially in America. Um, but I definitely my first influence of the goddesses uh, or different or goddesses in general was um, through uh, books about Egypt when I was mm-hmm. a kid. And I was so interested in how they had these specific jobs, like each goddess had these things that they embodied or that they're presenting or they're working with. And so it was kind of like this efficient way of saying, well, if I'm going to pray to this one or make offerings to this one, it's because it was was like so much more focused. And I loved how that kind of brought a different, uh, like a more specific direction to something and, um, you know, there's something about these just generalized rituals that what are we really doing and just paying obeisance to something like just kind of bowing down. But when you are um, connecting with a goddess of equality, it's like you're invoking that in yourself. You're kind of using that as a, a medium to create with. And so getting to see embodiments in different forms and not just the extreme spectrum, like you're saying, of, you know, the horror or the virgin or you know, like getting to see that there's all these different things. Well, what if there's the goddess of the hearth, you know, the one who helps you cook? What if there's the one that holds up the night sky and it's like, you know, helps direct you into the celestial body like, there's so many different directions, but it's that kind of invocation that like wanting to build and express.
0: It's more of like seeking guidance from a spirit rather than giving homage or energy to a deity. And also, what I see.
4: And also, Sabaya, such a good point. Like, yes, there is goddesses of the heart and the night sky and the city streets and everything that you could think of. And, like, they're not just... Like, women aren't just their yonis. Like, there's more going on with the great mother goddess or the great goddess than her being a mother or her being a harlot or her being, you know, sex. It's not... I mean... Everything is sex, but it's not like there's other concepts and attributes and qualities that women have other than like are you gonna get with it? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, especially like
1: methodical thought process that are absolutely beautiful. I, I, I love the, the the um like I just I, I love watching people think sometimes, you know, and like uh I, I just think that uh, there's there's definitely like a really mm, look at that. <laughs> She's in such pondiment. That I wonder how, you know, and uh, I, I agree, you know, there, there's, you, you know, there, yeah. There, there, uh yep, huh. Please, Sabai, what were you going to say?
3: <laughs> well, I was just thinking about the physiology. You know, women go through usually a 28 day cycle. That's a lot of change. That's a lot of different hormones affecting our systems and our thinking and our emotions. And men are on a 24 hour cycle. So, I mean, you can definitely look at all the astrological implications of this. But when it comes down to kind of, a, you know, men have more of a testosterone, fuck it or kill it. It's more directional. Women are kind of more of like this um, kind of bringing it all together. And we're we're kind of being more different people. And often women will come off as being kind of crazy because of this. Like, oh, that crazy bitch. Or um, if they're (laughs) pregnant, it's even more extreme. And I'm just like, wow, what a touchstone to be in that state of change where you're not locked into such an ideology and you get to. But we're questioned and admonished for this often. When we could be like, oh, tell me, you great crazy bitch. Like, what is happening that I'm not noticing? What a great touchstone for (laughs) females can be.
2: Yeah, this like whole topic just like... Totally brings me back to like the nastiest thing that I've heard, uh, but I'm gonna share it with you guys.
3: <laughs> Sweet.
2: So there was like a joke That's when cool. I was a kid that was like, "Your mama's so nasty, like she <laughs> sucks your daddy's dick and then kisses you goodnight." You know, <laughs> like. <laughs> Jesus. It, it, but, no I know it's, it's, it's wrong it's bad but like that just it, you know like we're not just like one thing like we we could be like the lover and like you know the whatever the passion you know goddess or whatever but then you know we're the mother but then we're you know like Sabaya said you know we're the cook we're the you know the gardener everything because
0: <laughs> here, here's here's kind of something that I've been thinking about is like I think the the whore aspect of like the whore of Babylon or the association with this whore stereotype with the goddesses is is uh is kind of like a flip around. I don't think it was really that they were whores at all. I think it was because that they were uh they were uh like life givers and having children the childbearers and because of the association with like giving life and sex and, and, and beauty it got associated uh, as like these whore women, uh, because they're pagans and, uh, and the Catholic church, you know, wanted to demonize everything. But I, when you look at like some of the other stuff, like box saga that I've been looking at, um, it's more of like, they, they held these women in high regard because they were giving life to, uh, people to humans. And they, it wasn't necessarily that they were whores. They were just providing, uh,
3: Or yeah, I mean, how desperate is that kind of name calling? Oh, you can create so much. Oh, you're just so full of life. You know, like what's what's the negative of that? Like you have to make something up, and like, Mm -hmm. um, and it's just so fear based.
0: Yeah, Yeah. it seems more of like a demonization of the goddess rather than what they were actually doing. Because we just talked to somebody too who was talking about how you know they were like high priestess priestesses, Mm -hmm. and. Everything and and so I get, um, I kind of go like, well, how does that equate to, uh, like you know, it's ego turning tricks the and stuff like there. I don't, I don't get that. I think if they're in that high of regard, it was for a reason, not because they were prostitutes.
4: Are you, you talking know? about like the sacred prostitutes, like the Vestal Virgins and the Kellys?
0: Yes, maybe so. I don't know. Enlighten me.
4: <laughs> yeah. So back in the day, there were sacred prostitutes. There were priestesses of the goddess that yes. would. Yes.
0: Okay, so yeah, care. there's a difference then.
4: They would care for the temple, and keep the flame going. And I'm sure yes. there was a lot more going on, ritual wise and such. But they also initiated men or young men. So and I know I was there. He would, you know, come come of age as a young male. And they would take you to the temple and the priestesses would initiate you as the goddess, probably veiled, take you into a beautiful love chamber. And your first experience making love to a woman was with the goddess. And wow, I mean, how sacred is that? And it was like, this is how you please a woman. This is how, you know, love making could be and it's very respectful and sacred and ritualized and that you go off and hopefully treat every woman that you lay down with that same honor of reverence and and care and it's like you got that little glimpse of the priestess embodying you know Hestia or aphrodite or bridget or whoever it was and they're throughout different cultures you you hear about this and I've seen little glimpses of past lives for myself and some clients and friends and it was it was a good thing very much and I think that um, calling people whore like it's, it's the same thing you know when I was growing up you would see this like you know kind of sexy girl and the catty women would be like she's a slut she's a whore you know well maybe she is but like that just means she's free with herself and she's choosing her own sexuality. What's right for her. Like it's just a way of robbing women of their power mm-hmm. by, by, mm-hmm. by making, you know, women that are free with their sexuality by your terms, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's all relative really.
0: Cause it seems to be okay for men to do it. Or to be that way, and it's not a big deal in society. I'm not saying that it's not a it's big deal.
4: Such a double standard.
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely.
1: Very much so.
4: Well, I, What's I think, the, um
1: Oh, go ahead.
3: I well, I also think it's interesting too the way that um, people act in relationships because if you're calling someone a whore, then it's you know, there's there's something to that of being scared of like being a monogamy and not getting to have ownership of someone. Mm. Like, oh no, you're a whore because no one owns you. And so there's like this self-ownership, which can be really, you know, pleasure-seeking or it can be really helpful. But generally women are going to have a more oxytocin. They're going to want to nurture. It's just very innate on, in a lot, in most women. And whereas men have testosterone, which is more like kind of activating. So the woman is always going to want to more likely be nurturing. And so if a man's nurturing the woman, it's like, or anybody is nurturing the women, it's like, you're going to get even more. It's just, it's like this, it reminds me of like cold fusion. Like it's just this generator that can't stop. And it's so wild to me how women are so just like dismissed and not heard or kind of like wanting to be controlled. it's like, you're, you're taking the most nutritive um, aspect of this gender that could just give endlessly and you're taking away all of its energy. So it doesn't give. And so, in that way, it's like kind of patriarchy is it's burns out, it fizzles, it—it it kind of can be destructive in its activating quality. But feminine energy, you just like nurture it, and it will just burn and give and be juicy. I mean, all the qualities. Of- Greek
1: fire.
4: <laughs> but um, I just wanted. And oxytocin
1: there- is powerful.
4: I just wanted to throw in there. Um, I had gone on this like, bu- you know, bus trip, community bus trip for a peace rally years ago. And it was a long trip back from San Francisco. And I fell asleep on the bus. And it was like this pallet. Everyone was kind of just laying around on these in these pallets, And um, I woke up and someone was tucking me in, like putting a shawl over my shoulder. And I woke up later on and I thanked the woman next to me for doing that. I said, thanks thanks for covering me up when I was cold like, earlier. And she said, no, no, it was, it was him. And it was this older, you know, white-haired, bearded man. And I said, you covered me up? And he said, yeah. He said, it looks like you were cold. And I just, like, wanted to cry. It was such soft, loving male energy. And men can be nurturing. And, like, think of the most protective, nurturing, way-to-go kid father that you've ever known. Like, men, c- men can be nurturing, nurturing, too. It's not just a feminine, like, women quality. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think.
3: I don't Absolutely, yeah. I think especially because they they can be so attentive, you know, these aren't qualities that just belong to one gender and um, it's, but there is so much entrainment. There's a lot of inculturization. Totally. Um,
4: I know what you're, what you're saying. I totally do. But I just wanted to give like a really, um really quick flip side. And yeah. yeah and also like where I'm at now, like I'm in menopause. I'm just going to put it out there. And <laughs> my estrogen levels are not what they used to be. Like noticeably, I can tell, and there's a whole lot of less like F's to give. In my experience, and I I see I've seen this people of a certain age, women of a certain age, start saying like I have zero F's left to give because I'm in menopause or whatever. And I was like, what does that really mean? Well, I now I know it's estrogen makes you nurturing. Estrogen makes you have all that energy to give and do for others. And when it's not there so much, you're on your own. Sorry. <laughs>
1: is there, is there any type of uh, plant medicine or herbs that, um, uh, or practices that, that help with menopause that, that can help with like the, the hormone production again, when you get there?
4: Yes. Um, evening primrose is the best that I've found. Um, there's others. There's, let's see, I think flax seed of of any kind, and different um, natural estrogen, estrogenic, estrogenic foods like tofu, yams. Um, I forget now. yams. Those those are the top two that I've also. Been trying, like
3: soy. I, yeah, um, I'm I'm also been working so with I'm my just... hormones for some years, and I there's also things that influence it negatively. So you can add things in, you can take things out, but when your body talks, like it's a conversation, there's a lot to listen to. And um, it's so, there's so much value of like how a woman's body upgrades as she goes through menopause, like, like super heating, like just killing off any like foreign invaders. It's, it's, it's really amazing. And then getting to that kind of intellectual level where, yeah, you don't have as much of that, Um, I'm just going to nurture everything else. And you you get to take all of this information you've been learning over your lifetime and actually bring it more in. And um, so it's like, you're your own temple, you're reverent. You have this reverence towards yourself. Uh, Um, That's how I've been interpreting it. Um, I've also seen um, one of my close friends uh, went through like went through Perimenopause for 10 years and finally it evened out. And she had a higher sex drive in her 60s than she'd ever had in her whole life. You know, there's things, there's different ways than what we've just been trained into believing or what Mm -hmm. we think is going to happen. And it's, it's, um, there's a lot of information our bodies have to tell us. And there's a lot of plants too that have a lot of answers too. So I like that you brought that up. Yes.
1: Yeah. There's that. I mean, I, I, I love, I love, The body and hormones and plant medicine and like I I I play around with my hormones (laughs) like crazy. But this new black ant powder I've been taking has just been jacking me up. Yeah, but how your uh, liver operates,
3: you know? Like I I um have gone through different hormonal changes, and it's like, well, that's what it was affecting my liver. And so, like maybe Mm abstaining for alcohol for a couple months changed my interaction with my hormones. So, you know, and I. To bring it back around to this goddess, that's why I think the goddess is such a deep well of um, all these different ways to create, you know, like the creatrix Mm -hmm. is kind of what I think of with the divine feminine, because we are, as humans, like the most creative organism that we know. (laughs) There might be more creative, um, you know, entities or organisms out there, but this is kind of what we're communicating with, and we are unlimited in what we can think of. And I think of that as a very feminine quality. Again, like we go through larger hormonal cycles through our lives. We tend to express different sides. And that's often, you know, diminished as crazy. (laughs) But what is crazy, but just not being, you know, it can be a paradox. It can be all the above
1: in a business setting too i mean so uh you know they say that the feminine energy is chaotic right but not chaotic in the sense of you know what some people may think could be negative but chaotic in the sense of the creatrix where it's just like chaotic means it has a bunch of energy and that needs to rapidly move because it's vibrating high that's what chaotic is it's a high vibration and so then they say men give order and then Benjamin Balderson brought to my attention and blew my mind the uh, the cosmology and bringing the feminine aspect or the uh, just the gender aspects to cosmology. So the sun would be considered actual feminine energy because it's creation, and then the the moon would be the cathode, uh, you know, and the order. So like it basically the, it generates how. The moon in theory generates how the earth gets its energy from the sun because it helps with the atmosphere being contained. And so it's like that's the order. It takes the sun's chaos and perfect harmony and balance and that energy, that solar chaotic creative energy and then it balances the tides it balances our atmosphere and it balances the weather and so it's like when you think of a woman that chaotic sun energy as a business owner and creating ideas and fulfilling this business and then you have men who are the worker bees essentially and fucking take the order of that and make all the fucking workers do their job and so i think naturally that's why feminine energy or the divine feminine or the you know god's wife divine couple as ed dodge called it uh you know fucking has been weaseled out because you know we don't want men don't want their egos to get hurt and be the worker bees they need to be the ceos but really in my when in my experience working with women eh, as a man it is way better because that um, that creative energy you're able to play off of like a motherfucker and it's beautiful
2: that's not always the true necessarily. Like there isn't always a boss in the man. Like what if like the woman is the boss, like she wears the pants, you know, and then the man just like stands down, but he like, knows he knows deep down, you know, that like, he's like the brings home the bacon and she cooks it. But like, yeah, there's a lot of women. Still, CEOs. Like, I'm
1: not saying not.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying in me. general over
1: the, over the, over in general, like in the past of our, of our no, fucking, you know, like sure. Europe, you know, like, London, like business owners, you know, is dominated by just like old gray skin, white dudes, you know?
3: Yeah, and a lot of women, I think powerful women in the world, famous women in the world um, embody a lot of masculine qualities so that they get to participate so that they get to have an active voice. And in that way, can kind of be that bridge builder for um, more of a place to be held for the feminine qualities. <laughs> um I like to look at uh, the music industry and how much uh, it's so male dominated, Um, but it's also very male quality to just get things done. Whereas women can kind of like create the space and talk about it for a long time and understand it. But men will just kind of like, like it's more of a male quality to show up, but you can see this in different people. Like there's a lot of men who are very good at understanding and talking about and holding space and listening um, just as much as there are women who are just like, let's show up and get shit done. Yeah,
2: men tend to well, be definitely like more mechanical and more like logical and and
3: uh, uh, often based off of just the roles they've been given. You know, I'm not trying to yeah, say it's definitive. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, uh, as well as like the goddess is usually associated with sexuality. It's also uh, associated with uh, math and sciences and chemistry and alchemy and plant realistic. medicines, yeah. So it's uh, and that's often overlooked in favor of the, uh, the, the the inflammatory uh horror aspect. Um, but she's also creating uh knowledge. Uh, Sophia is referred to as like uh, the knowledge. Um, the akashic record is feminine. Uh, so the knowledge aspect is there too. And uh it seems like the demonization of the feminine is what has degraded our society into what it is and and the chaos that it is now. So what do you think uh if women were to uh rule again or at least be equal more equal counterparts in society and in, in business and uh and creativity and all these things, what do you think our society could grow to be? And, and how different does that look uh, for the future?
2: If that were the case, it would be all uh, unicorns and rainbows, right?
0: <laughs> I don't think so.
3: Well, I think it's a blend. I think we've gone extreme um, matriarchy, extreme patriarchy, and we're kind of finding something yeah. that's a little bit um, like, how do we, yeah. How do we um, hybridize? Yeah. How do we come up with something that's, you know, what we had before and, maybe even improve on it.
0: Well, how do we break down the stereotypical roles of male and female? Are there are there roles male and female? That's what I'm saying. Does there have to be roles? Well that's really how we be whatever we want to be.
3: I mean that's that's so obvious in our generation, especially when you see how much things have changed as far as gender goes you know, like how style is, how expression, naming, pronouns, everything has changed so dramatically. And in that space, that kind of almost confusion of what are we agreeing on and it's changing so fast. Well, that kind of breaks open things to a little creativity. Like, well, what if it was this way? What if it wasn't like it has been? And I think that there's a lot of possibility there.
2: Yeah. And I think too, it just, you know, it's, based on the dynamic of the couple and the two souls that are deciding to go on the journey together and you know how they fit together, you know, because if one's willing to give in this aspect and let, you know, the other one take over or whatever, just, you know, so they don't have to hear it in their ear or what whatnot, what you know, like it just is totally based on the dynamic of the couple.
1: I I'm also, and I'm, I've been, you know, I have this in my notes for the divine and month of like, uh, women and often like mythological stories and goddess stories and deity stories, like don't necessarily need a man to procreate all the time. Right. They're able to create without a partner supposedly, you know, right. Without having immaculate conception, you know, and, uh, and you know, I've been thinking that, too. I'm like, hey, you know, I've, I've I've been in relationships here and there, and they always seem to blow up my face. And not necessarily saying that in a bad way. I love it. I'm glad that it's happened the way it's happened every time it's happened. It's incredibly important that it did. Well, was um, that at the bad strip bad club, Roman? Jesus Christ. <sighs> what, what's the point? Well, I'm getting to it, okay? <laughs> so um, the point is, is, like, she was talking about the couple, and I'm like, maybe, maybe. We just like you know we don't need no couples and we're just supposed to be by ourselves while working on the 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 balance in the in our insides and. Oh, I'm going to die alone, dear sweet okay, Lord. Okay, well, pass- I
3: just got to say relationships up. are reflections. So whatever you're experiencing, whatever your storyline is and what you're where you're growing or what you're wanting out of life, it's like it all is in you. Like everything is in you and you get to exactly. kind yes. of through relationship, find more of what you want, whatever direction that goes. You know, maybe people do want to have more foundational kind of a secure agreement in it. Maybe they want to use relationships as a way to explore the different parts they get to play in their own, you know, storyline.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like right now in my life, you know, I'm, I'm gladly like just being by myself and trying to work on these both this, you know, I'm not a woman. Right. But like, I think I, I I know that I have feminine qualities and like that energy that I like to tap into because I, you know, I once was inside of a woman. So that, that connection is there. And I feel it because I'm a very nature driven person. And, and so like, I just, I'm, I'm finding a lot of, uh, gratitude being able to be happy being by myself and not needing, you know, someone else, you know, because I know that there's, there's that, that ultimate womb goodness from the mother earth. And so I'm getting all the woman I need right now currently from existence and that, you know, that, that warm embrace of like, just fucking connecting to the earth, you know. It's it's. Well, it's I hear. I'm, I'm feeling good about it.
3: I kind of want to talk about this or ask um, Navier and Elaine what they their thoughts are on um, how we find community as women, because the divine feminine it's something that you think of as like women gathering together to kind of you know pay homage to this. It's it's not usually um, one woman by herself. There's like this community, you know, of different cultures where women would you know bleed together or. Um, birth or raise up babies together, like there's this kind of community. Yeah. So, um, but you know, in present time, we don't really have so much of that as accessible. We're not kind of born into it. So I'm just wondering, as soccer this- moms,
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm kind of wanting to hear what Aline, uh have what your experiences, yeah, is. like, I mean, I totally feel like I'm a
2: one-woman show constantly, but that's just like what society has, you know, made us do in a sense. And I think if like your intuition is good and you know, like what you want and what you need to do and you have a good head and, you know, your soul is like guiding you and it just happens. But like, I know what you mean. Like, yeah, I like rarely hang out with any women, you know, like I'm just like all the time with my kids or, um, you know, just, home home like taking care of my animals taking care of my garden like I don't really that's like my friends like my animals and you know that sort of thing I feel like but um yeah there is like no real community these days so I think it's like just based on yourself and like you finding yourself and you have to have that drive and and know what you're looking for and know like the qualities that you strive to be and then just go for them I guess right I mean I I don't really know any like congregation of women that really get together and like, you know, discuss the nitty gritty that just like, doesn't happen anywhere. But I think that's just, you know, the downfall of the internet.
0: Navia, jump in.
4: I feel like I've been super fortunate um, in general, but I will say when like post pre Saturn return. So 27 before 27 ish. Um, I really didn't feel like I had a community of women. I have um, a few good friends from high school that have like never betrayed me or broken my heart. But there are three women that are rare exceptions. And I would say in general, most other women that I've been close to have really betrayed me in some way. And I felt like I was coming with a pure heart to other women and not being met with that. And I'm also neurodivergent and I'm learning a lot about how that has played a part. But um, it wasn't really until massage school when I was 28. So I'm like in the heart of my Saturn return. And I met two women at massage school who completely embraced me and were like true sisters to me. And I remember like really... Feeling into their friendship after a few months of, you know, being together and because it's super intimate. Anyone's ever gone through massage school? I was in a um this like accelerated short program, like 10 months intensive. You get really intimate. Everyone's naked on the table, massaging each other, like you're together all the time. It's super intense and and wonderful. Um, but you become like a tribe and these two women really were supportive of me. I was going through um a really destructive relationship that ended up in divorce, but they like held my hands through it. And I remember turning to them at one point and really feeling their, their genuine sisterhood for me. And I was like, you're really my true friends. And they were like, yes, we love you. And it really sunk in that this kind of female sisterhood was possible. And then it was like, If you think of a resonance, like how craniosacral um, practitioners help to heal you, right, is because they're holding a resonance of health and of um, stability, if you want to put it in that term. And then it's like um, like a, a tuning fork that you match their vibration because they're holding that vibration. I think of the sisterhood is that like I'm standing in a in a solid sisterhood resonance and then I get to meet other people and then by me being a clear sounding bell I'm like initiating you into that frequency of of trust of honesty of support and uplifting each other like all those things that all these women out there want, it's like, it's possible. The sisterhood is the best kept secret, yo. It really is. And then once I met these other women at at massage school, then I started meeting other women who would be like, Oh my God, are you for real? Like, are you really going to be my friend and not hurt me? And I'd be like, yes, I am like, I'm a sister. You are too. Like now we're going to kick ass together. Like, okay. And off we go. And then like, go tell everyone. And we all get to hold space for each other in that really pure, raw way. And I've done tons of women's circles in my, you know, time as a priestess. And I've done a lot of moon circles with both genders or all genders, I want to say. Um, so it's not just women finding women. It's like tribe finding tribe, you know, and it's really that authentic energy of heart centeredness.
3: Yeah, it is. It is rare. It is really rare and special, but it's like, if you can kind of find that, then that sets the tone. I mean, I've gone through phases in my life where I've had so many friends, just like so many people. And I'm now at a point in my life where it's like, I have very few friends and they are very high quality. <laughs> um, And there's something to that, that kind of, um, you know, bringing it into, yeah, what you want
2: condensing it and surrounding yourself with people that give you energy and not suck it out.
3: Yeah. And sometimes that is just being alone. <laughs> it's like, maybe yeah. no one can give me what I need. So how do I get to find that? But it is amazing when yeah. you get that resonance and you can be like, Oh, that's the tone. That's where I want to meet people at. And that is.
0: Yeah. Uh, Navier, I heard you mention uh, Brigid or Bridget. Um, I heard an interesting story about her recently, and it was that uh, everybody like thought of her very highly and believed in her and worshiped her. And uh, when the Catholics came in and uh, kind of destroyed all the pagan uh, stuff, uh, they wanted so badly to keep Bridget around that the Catholic church actually made her into a saint and she became a uh, saint uh what is it? St. Bridget. Yeah, St. Bridget. St.
1: Bridget. Yeah.
4: I was I was fortunate enough to go to Ireland in 2018 on a around the world trip and it was like some um it was this like outdoor um shrine I guess to her, like a park sort of. Yeah. Um there was a few different ones. There's one that um didn't feel very good to me, it felt really cluttered. And there was a lot of um, debris that people had, you know, left objects of, you know, thanks and photos and fake flowers and things. And that didn't feel good to me. But then there was a water source there. Um, and then there was another one across the island that was all outside and was a well and there was a little spring and a river and you could go um, under and through this sort of little stone arch Super awesome. And we hit that on our way out of town. And I love that. But yeah, I have a big arm tattoo of Bridget. Um, and we just had embolic that just passed on this first second. And that's her day. But um yeah, the, the Irish were like, no way are we giving her up. And so now she's a saint. If you yeah. can't beat him, make him into a saint. <sighs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> <Just> absolutely. <clears throat> Yo, Navier, do you do you uh, watch Mind Unveiled YouTube? You ever watch watch them? Uh, they do like a lot of Tartaria. They they have some really cool Tartaria breakdowns and stuff. Uh, but they have a running theory that the uh, the original Irish were in fact the original inhabitants, and like before the Egyptians, and they the Irish, you know, basically like inhabited the world and were at the original Atlanteans and stuff and I was like whoa like that's a dope thread I like that but yeah if you haven't seen it
4: check it out I will I love those deep dive
3: rabbit holes you know me
1: oh hey hey. hey
3: when it comes to history like you can't ever get enough you can't ever have access to everyone's story, but it is <laughs> so worth trying because you're just going to yeah. get more and more layers. And that's how you create like the dimensions of a reality, like history. Otherwise it's just like whatever storyline you used to go with her but
1: story. Yeah.
3: Why can't it be, you know, completely different stories and they're still the same, you know, like it, that's a paradox. It's possible.
1: Yep. Yeah. Paradigm splitting.
0: Do you, do you have a favorite goddess to buy
3: favorite um i kind of feel like it's like a pokemon thing like when you say <laughs> that like that's the picture that comes off of my head gotta like, catch hmm. them all yeah and i i definitely think there's it's it's just kind of how do you get to play your cards like what what day what moment um might it be the most inspiring or it's kind of like well i could suck or i could be good or i could be a goddess you know it's like <sighs> you have that to draw off of And whether that's kind of um, humbling yourself and kind of, you know, imagining it as something external from yourself, if that works for you, great. Or if it's something that you get to kind of recognize as qualities in yourself that you could utilize, that's great, too.
0: Are are there certain ones that you associate with more than others, maybe, or, or call upon to ask questions to to help you through your daily life, I guess?
3: I think for me, it's kind of more about style. It's like, what is the stain I'm leaving on the earth as I'm acting here? And so it's kind of like, well, how do I want to do things? I know, you know, when I know what I want to do and I know I'm going to do it, but how could I do it? You know, like I could be like Tara of compassion or I could be like um, uh, Kali and just destroy. (laughs) You know, it's like it's it's kind of like um, who has the style of how I want to do something? Yeah. and um so there's an aesthetic there's like a mission and so it changes a lot i mean right now i've got bastet sitting over here because i'm such a cat lady <laughs> that's the egyptian cat goddess yes. um cuz i do i do worship my cat every day oh i see you have a bastet tattoo or is that just cat i can't see i do that. it's bast nice yeah uh
0: i have a bunch of egyptian tattoos i also have sekmet um Uh, When I grew up, uh, I grew up in a family of a bunch of girls uh, because my dad passed away when I was uh, 12. And so I grew up with my mom and my sister and my grandma. And so I learned uh, a lot about like how to deal with women uh, in a different way. And they taught me a a bunch of different things. I I learned a lot of stuff uh, from them, uh, cooking and stuff and Uh, Just taking care of things and staying on top of different things. Uh, My mom was also a teacher, so I was, uh, I guess, well-educated in in that sense. Like, I could always go to my mom for questions about anything, and she would have answers for me. Uh, So that's just kind of the way I grew up. So I grew up with, like, a, a respect for women that I think maybe a lot of other men don't have. And, uh, a lot of people will think that, um, I'm, I'm not very manly or something because I don't, I don't work on cars or I don't have like, uh, uh, a, a bunch of tools or something, you know, there's this, uh, demonization almost of me just because I don't fit the mold of, of what a male is supposed to be or look like. And, uh, maybe my sister can attest for that, or maybe she'll just make fun of me, but, um,
2: uh. Lord help us all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man. Well, let's see here. No, I can agree.
0: Yeah, okay. Well fine. That's I great. can
2: agree. I can I can agree. I can agree to an extent. Um definitely uh the tolerating part maybe. Yeah. Um is a little off, but <laughs> mostly with you just
0: because you got on my nerves a lot but um,
2: i think i think that you have the ability to tune people out very well so um you can kind of just get into your own realm and then like just ignore everything going on around you because like i know like growing up like with our like crazy grandparents yeah like crazy grandparents and like crazy aunt and stuff and like we're all super loud and um like portuguese and like just like ruthless with each other And if you can, like, literally sit there through a meal, like, you're a champion. Like, (laughs) I mean, there's no other going around. Like, there's no waiting around that, like, at all. (laughs) Because, like, we, like, will tear each other apart. But, like, it's all in love. And it's cool. And we all get along. And it's just, like, a dynamic. And my grandpa obviously has that skill. He can tune us all out also. So Daniel must have inherited that from him. Because...
0: Yeah. Well, he also wears (laughs) hearing aids. So he just.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Now it's aided, like literally aided.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, but what I'm getting at is like, you know, I, I grew up around uh, a lot of females. So I kind of understand them and in a different way. And, uh, so the goddess aspect has always been, uh, big for me because when I first kind of found out about it it is with like the Knights Templar and then, when I found out all the stuff about Freya and Friday the 13th and the divine feminine and M, the letter M and the 13th letter, it started to open up a whole new world to me of all these other things that have been hidden for so long. And I think that this female aspect has kind of been hidden or shunned away or put down uh, by men in society for a long period of time. And I think now is the age and the time that women start to come up again, and but it's almost like you know we don't need them to like overthrow. It's more of like we need to work in balance and in harmony more so with them than what we're doing now. And I think that could change a lot of different things. Maybe uh, if men had more respect in that way, we wouldn't be out there raping them and cheating on them and and doing all these other horrible things uh that men seem to do
3: yeah those those are desperate um desperate attempts at claiming power or controlling something outside of yourself and we talked about earlier how like if you can see a quality outside of yourself you already have it you have all your answers and i think there's been so much emphasis on desperate control of external things especially those feminine qualities like control it repress it Instead of ooh, invoke it, see it, know it for yourself. Like, how do you get to apply it? And it's just we can we have more tools if we if we. It's like uh, women in the workplace, you know. Like, why wouldn't we utilize this tool? <laughs>
1: it's a it's a there's a there's a, there's an a, there's an awakening happening, you know. And this this talk, these conversations, and this you know this understanding and the concept of the divine feminine is is coming back, you know. Um, and, and it's, there, there's been a, there's been a ripple in the pond and it shall make its way to the shore. And, you know, these conversations are helping that and it's, it's really good. And it's incredibly, you know, important that we just, I guess, just try to keep community going, even though it's hard to like, probably going to have to just create it wherever we're at, you know, create meetups and create conversations because, you know. If we don't keep the energy going, then, you know, we, we, we're, we're doomed to repeat this bullshit, you know? I kind of have
0: a, uh, edgy, edgy question for the ladies is, uh, what do you think about these new women, uh, the ones that are born with penises, uh, (laughs) kind of taking over women, womenly things? Um, I just saw that like a girl won, uh, a pageant. Or it was, but it was a transsexual woman uh, becoming a uh, uh, a winner or whatever. And then there's there's guys dressing like women and and going and uh, beating women records and things like this. Uh, what is what? How do you feel about that type of thing? Because it seems to uh. be uh, getting pressed in into society a bit more about this, you know transsexual nature
2: yeah i don't think that's very cool i mean um if you're born with a dick then you're a dude <laughs> uh i mean like don't come and start <laughs> trying to take my beauty pageant trophies no um <laughs> yeah <But> d- <laughs> but does it I matter was, though
0: I, too you know does th- beauty yeah, it matter as a pageant first. does it matter i mean
3: well, yeah, can I- or- Can I mention something about um, not just recent, but kind of earlier um, times when there was, um, you know, a lot of times in different cultures, shaman, and this is different continents too, uh, the shaman or the medicine people of the tribe would be transsexual. Like they Mm -hmm. um, uh, would either embody both genders or some gender or the opposite gender of what they're born into. Yeah. And so I think that um, and with colonialism, you know, that got really wiped away. And so now we're coming into a new era of kind of reclaiming um, more of our original and indigenous practices and seeing how actually they're so helpful. Um, But we're also navigating that, you know, it's like, is something going to take away from something what we want or is it adding to it? And that's something that we're kind of calibrating right now.
0: Right. So is it adding to it or is it taking away?
3: i mean for me i look at it very circumstantially um i'm getting surprised all the time about things that i thought i would like or things that i thought i would hate so um i i i i personally am still kind of claiming the gender that i was born with so i can't say what that experience is like um so i'm just kind of viewing it but uh it's going to affect different people differently. Just like a strong woman might affect a man who had a very patriarchal background. You know, we we get provoked by things that we're kind of getting new information and we get to decide how much we want to integrate that into our life or how much we want to kind of decide for our own identity. Yeah. I mean, just because someone else is doing something too, we can kind of make choices in our own space on how we um, want to even bring that in or not. Um, Yeah. So just because someone else is doing something, there's times where that might affect us or times where it's not. Yeah, I totally it, agree with that statement, too.
0: Navier.
4: It seems as though we have a lot to learn about gender, and we are in this place in, in history, or whatever you want to call it, in this timeline where this is up. Gender is up. And I don't know if any of y'all remember, but there was a time when um, you would go into a restaurant and there wasn't a handicap stall, there wasn't a ramp, there wasn't handicap accessible jack. And somewhere in the 80s or 90s, I'm not even sure when, people that were handicapped and had you know different disabilities and different issues mobility issues were like yo we need to use the bathroom we we need to be able to have access and there was a huge lobby a hu- huge push and movement and now like you'd never know there was never a time when there were handicap stalls and accessibility for people that were in wheelchairs um and then there was a time when folks didn't talk about being gay or homosexual and it was like i don't understand it and That person's a queer and that person's this and a lot of hatred. You could be killed for being homosexual and no one would say anything about it. It was like being, you know, it was like they had the right to do that or something. And it wasn't that long ago. And folks are coming up now in the in the pride movement and it's a big party. But when it was started, it was not that. It was like people risking their lives to say, I'm gay and I love someone of the same gender as me. And I used to work with this man and I'm going to say his name was Rick and he passed away recently and I'm sad, but he was my friend and he was having his big gay wedding and he would talk to me about it at work and every now and again, he would kind of like look around and I'd be like, what? And he's like, sorry, I'm still getting used to being able to like be out openly and talk about this at work. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, he's like, I'm 55 years old. He's like, I didn't have the luxury of being able to come out and not fear murder or losing my friends or losing my job. He's like, this is all new to me. Fairly new in our culture. And in some places like the Maldives, you still can't be gay. Mm -hmm. And we take this for for granted now that it's, especially like millennials and post-millennials, right? And now I'm seeing this with transgender and folks of this non-binary or genderqueer. And I have a lot of friends in healthcare and nurses and such. And when this started coming up about five or six years ago, we were talking about it. And they were like, when babies are born, we assign them a birth, a gender based on what their genitalia looks like, best we can guess. It's always been a guess. And sometimes there's anomalies. Sometimes you have both. Or sometimes it's like, I'm not really sure what this is going to be. It's not a perfect, like, male male, And it's, I honestly feel like it's a spectrum Just like I feel sexuality is a spectrum. There's like one being super duper homo and one being super duper or 10 being super duper hetero. And then there's people in the middle that are like, I could be with either or pan, you know, it's, it's real, it's getting really fluid. And it seems like after the 1980, I started seeing folks, like everyone seemed to be bi or some, some you know level of like I've experimented in college or whatever that was not the case when I was growing up
0: how how yeah. much of it is real and how much of it is just a glorified fad
2: exactly i don't know but, i don't
4: yeah, know exactly. but there's 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 a lot of people that give gluten free shit and i'll tell you that's a legit thing
3: mm-hmm. that my
4: life is way better being almost 15 years gluten-free and there's a lot of people who are like everything's everything's gluten-free and it's just a fad maybe for like half the people it's a fad <laughs> glyphosate a is not of- a
1: fad it's a real chemical that is right. terrible
4: totally 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 but i'm saying like that was a movement oh, for a while everything yeah, had to yeah. be gluten-free oh, yeah. there was like a push but it's, it brings awareness and now we know about glycos- gly- glycosphate and now we know that yeah some people can't process wheat and some people, you know, food allergies got a little bit of uh, of the spotlight for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It's just the gender's turn. And do I think that some people are questioning and is it going to stick? I don't know. It's not, I'm not living in their body. But I have known plenty of people who are legitimately feeling like, they don't belong in the body that they're born in, that they need to take steps to alter their body. And I think if we're going to start pointing fingers and saying, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that, then women need to stop getting boob implants. Women need to stop getting Botox. Men need to stop getting, you know, whatever they're doing. Well, I think that should
0: stop regardless of the other fact, but
4: I don't (laughs) I, I personally don't think I have the right to stop it. I feel like I can't relate because I'm good with my gender.
0: I'm not, but, uh, yeah, I'm not referring to gender. I'm just referring to putting synthetic fake things into well, your body. Okay,
4: hey, in that topic, but, how would but we? I, but I personally don't want to, I don't want to be regulated myself.
0: Right. Right. And
4: I don't, I wouldn't dare say to someone else, you can't do that either. And I know people that, have taken that trans journey and I met them just before a few of them, just before they started to take different hormones and have different procedures. And some I've known only after, and I'll tell you, they really, as, as a psychic, as a clairvoyant, as a mystical person, they felt like the gender that they were saying they were, mm-hmm. they didn't feel I honestly- like a girl they felt like a boy they didn't yeah. feel like a boy they felt like a girl and and if they've already been taking hormones and you know living their life and i've and so i'm pretty perceptive right this is what people pay me big bucks for i'm talking to someone i should know if they were faking their gender right if if that's the idea mm-hmm. but there's people i've worked with for a year like this one person was kind of like a heavy set person and they were gone for a few weeks and I saw someone that they were um, in relationship with and I said, hey, is so-and-so okay? I haven't seen them. And they were like, oh yeah, they had top surgery. And I was like, huh? And they're like, they had they had top surgery. And I was like, what? And they're like, they're, they're transgender. And I was like, huh? I still, th- they had to spell it out for me because it didn't register that they were anything other than what they said they were. So are people taking advantage of it? Wanting to win like Olympics as a different gender. I'm sure people take advantage of it, but all that, you know, there's always going to be that scammer or whatever. And is it really fair? That's a whole other topic, but is it a legitimate thing that gender is a spectrum that people have, you know, anomalies that they're not, it's not so cut and dry and they're doing steps to feel right in their body and in their, in their own gender that they feel is true for them is not my place to say. And I don't feel like I want to exclude them from society or make their claim invalid or illegitimate. You know what I'm saying?
3: I'm kind of inspired by what you're saying to think about how um, modifications are being made with our biology and how that's kind of taking this like, swerve sort of into AI, where, like, there's more of a collective, like, oh, well, I'll just be able to replace parts and do these things, you know, like, we're learning how powerful we are to transform, and it makes me think about rebirthing, and how one aspect of the divine feminine is the ability to rebirth, you know, that is the birth giver, but, and also, mm, like, how, you know, creatrix. yeah, um, and so, in that way, it's like, well, if you're going to be creative, and, and I think about neuroplasticity, you know, we can actually think in different ways. We can be different people and how we birth that, how we create that. um, It, it, it has to have that again, that polarity, that opposite that has to be there, that death of something. Mm -hmm. And so there is this death of identity that has to occur at some point, if you're going to create the person you want to be and how provoked or, you know, um, how provoked we are by seeing someone else's transformation might indicate us an area in ourselves on um, where there could be some transformation that we hadn't conceptualized before, but when it just hits that, it can be so provocative um, because it does feel like death, but that is how you create. I, yeah.
1: I I agree. <laughs>
2: um, I, as far as like the whole homosexual agenda goes is, that's kind of like what I call it. Um, I feel like society is like making it too easy for people to kind of just flip-flop sexes and like not actually dig deep into themselves and see who they, they
3: are before, you know, they're 12 years old and they're taking hormone pills. Also um, we, but that happens, I think coming into teenage years, you know, we, as parents, you, you have to kind of watch out for and guide your children exactly. when they hit those teenage years, like, there's massive changes that you can't control. And it's, it's so frustrating for anyone who goes through those teenagers, we all have done it, where you have this weird area, you're walking of you're treated like a child, but you're also really becoming an adult. And where's that line? Where do you get welcomed into adulthood? And there's so much distortion that can occur there that can reverberate over the rest of your life. Right. And that That can be
2: from like, just like children growing up in broken homes too and like not having a guide and not having like a mentor that they can look up to and kind of follow or whatnot but I think a lot of the homosexuality now today in society is more sexual driven like I believe that some people are born that way and I believe some some people become like that way and it's mainly for sexual reasons and I don't think that that's right you know if they're wanting to change genders for a sexual reason that's different than like you believing and thinking that you were born a different gender. Um, is, and I think, fun. I think it walks a fine line, you know, it, it definitely walks a fine line of, and who's to say what and what, what are the specifics of the, you know, what are you going off I of? Think, but,
4: I think it's super important to clarify that gender and sexuality are two d- totally different things. Exactly. People that are transgender it has nothing to do with their sexuality they can be transgender and be gay or straight or asexual or it's, it's like apples and oranges. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
2: But my point is, is that the, the, the people who do believe that they're trans or claim to be trans or become trans, they, if they do it for sexual purposes, then that's a whole different aspect of it. And, and a lot of people I feel like, or I've seen do do for sexual, just sexual pure sexual reasons. Well, Whether it not be everybody, of course,
3: no. And and then that's just my, what i some, some people might you know? have more of an association of their identity being sexual. You know, that's possible right. too. Just like some yeah, people, true. they are that's their job. True. They're like, no, I am an engineer. Like this is who I am and what I do. And some people are like, well, I am sexual and this is how I feel. This is who I am there's a lot of different ways to take identity or what direction to put that and how it's um, filtered to another person too. You know, like I can identify kind of as different people based off of who I'm interacting with, what the situation is, you know, if I'm being professional if I'm being personal um, and that there's so many dimensions to that. And I keep kind of looking at this through the, the lens of the divine feminine. And I I'm kind of like wondering to bring it back, what is this, Um, like divine quality because we're talking a lot about gender and sexuality and female versus male but that this Mm -hmm. divine quality is kind of like how does that tie into this
4: have you all ever seen the wicker man like the og one 1973 with
3: christopher Uh, lee no -mm.
4: go watch it if you haven't seen it oh my god i haven't seen the remake out of principle i refuse no shade on Nicolas Cage or whatever. But um, don't
1: worry, I'll I'll watch I'll watch them both and give you a full report.
4: <laughs> okay. I would love that. We should just do a podcast on it. But um there is a there is a moment where Lord Summer Isle in all of his splendor leads a parade, like a ritual um march down to the ocean and he is dressed in drag and he's known as like the leader slash priest that is he's wearing like white makeup and rouge and a dress and he's holding like flowers and he's dancing like girly in procession and that's part of the ritual to kind of you know show up as this two-spirited and sacred androgyne and i think that that's something we haven't talked about there's feminine sacred feminine sacred masculine and then sacred Mm -hmm. androgyne and i do a lot of like
0: what's androgyne
4: androgyne is is neutral it's it's both or neither it's
1: it's hermes hermes
4: it's it's um yeah it's that that neutral place and it's the they. And that's there. And I've, I do a lot of meditations with the planetary bodies. And some of them come up as sacred androgyne. They don't come up as male or female. And I'll tell you, when I meditate with the earth, it's male. It is currently in its male form interacting with me, not feminine. And it's asked me, and I, this might sound a little brave, but this earth as a God force has asked me to not think of him or it as female because it's actually detrimental right now. So if it's it's male, then it can't be raped in the same way. I mean, it could still be like sort of, but not in the traditional way that we think of it. Right. So it Hmm. flips a little bit. There's a different power there, a masculine energy versus a feminine energy. And that's the emanation that he's in, according to my, my meditation.
0: Yeah, when we were talking to um, David Matheson, he was reflecting that the the constellations or the gods and goddesses uh, or uh, the planets, uh, they both have male and female uh, divinities to them. Uh, like the moon is both masculine and feminine. The sun is both masculine and feminine. So it's... it's kind of interesting to think of it in in that respect of that they are uh androgynous i guess would be the word uh that the ancients would use is the androgynous aspect of the divine is it's it has no gender quality to it 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 just is uh i think that kind of opens up the uh possibility for people to see things uh, reflected in their own self uh by looking at guidance uh towards the heavens
3: well isn't that Um, also our in our um atoms you know we've got protons neutrons and electrons it's like it's it's like uh these are
0: solar system
3: um directions just like you know when you're going towards the divine feminine what direction is that when you're going towards the divine masculine when you're going towards the um divine androgynous like the neutral I think that these are all directions that we get to have for movement and we can endlessly, um, expand on them, d- d- describe them.
0: I, yeah. And I think the divine aspect is something of, of this is like the prototype of what we should aspire to be like. It's it's, this is like what divinity and it's, all its glory can look like and this is what you can aspire to be like both ma- masculine and feminine uh, but with the goddess it's you know obviously more so the feminine aspect and it, i think a lot of times we hold uh famous people or so, you know celebrities or or uh sports stars or whatever else in this divinity light instead of uh like a archetype of what we can strive to be uh all encompassing and and more so than than just a one person or whatnot that
1: was it nice um yeah let me jump jump up in here real quick uh just touching on that on the what what is the divinity what is the divine part of it and i when i have you know out of body or you know in my mind it's either out of mind or you know it's out of body or it's so in body that it's just like you're like where the fuck you know the the depth of the psyche anywho um my spirit when i when i go there when i when i talk to my spirit, myself, um, there is, I don't think of myself as a, a man or a woman. I don't think of either. And that's what I think the divine is, is I think it is the perfect merriment of both and all of the information of either what is the, um, you know, on the masculine side of what is on the feminine side, they're both there. And then you can tap into that at all times. And cause you know, when I, when I'm doing like yoga or trying to do meditation which you know always can do more of um but yeah like i like i just don't feel like like the gender you know or the even what i compare myself to be like it's i've never had the question because i've you know i've been fine with being what i am but what i've liked to have been a woman honestly i've said it yeah multiple times i would have liked to have been a woman i think that would have been fucking tight um but either way like i think i, I probably was one in the past and you know, and, and, but like my spirit and the thing that actually like controls my body, you know, the thing, the, the, the energy that makes me me when I tap into that outside of my body, I, I definitely feel like there's a merriment of both there and I don't consider myself to be either man or woman or, and, and so that's what I think the divine is. And, uh, you know, I, I grow plants for a living, right? And, uh, last year our entire greenhouse hermaphrodited in the middle. Due to just different stress. So the hormones in the plant made the entire, uh, plant turn from a female to male plants. And they all seeded. And, you know, lost a lot of pounds, but, uh, got a lot of seeds. And, um, it's funny that all those seeds, because they were light stress, they actually all turned to feminine seeds. So most of the time when your crop seeds, Through male pollen, it'll be like 50-50 or, you know, that you'll sprout the seeds and some of them will be male, some will be female. Well, because it was not through male pollen and then female plants seeded themselves through hormone changes and the light stress that happened because extra light got into the greenhouse, which made them hermaphrodite. All those seeds turned a hundred percent female. So there's not any male seeds in there. So the women created. More products of themselves without there being any male in there. That's the plant species. That's the type of cellular change that happens within our atmosphere. We're connected to it. We're connected to everything in the atmosphere. That is divine. And so through those changes, the fluidity is there within nature, within ourselves. And so I think, you know, we talk a lot about the physical realm. Being here, understanding what it means to be human, which is obviously incredibly important, but outside of ourselves in our mind, I think it's a perfect perfect merriment of the both. There is no separation, and who we are, what we are, and understanding what we're understanding is just lessons as we take them you know this is all fucking lessons to be here and understand what it means to be both so we can heal the akashic and heal everybody at the same time and you know the the soul's journey and the and the path that the soul is on one more thing I thought. Bringing back up what Sabai was talking about earlier about this tech age, cyber age that we're in and the timing of the rise of more women being empowered, being acceptable to be gay and trans and having a lot more acceptability and social ability to have these qualities as it should be. And as, as it was probably in, at the golden age and the time of Egyptians and the time of equality and all these things, um, all the sci-fi movies, all that shit with the robots and everything. Like, it's all common truth. So like, you know, I always say you can look at all the sci-fi movies, the sci-fi books and see all the complete, you know, like we're going to be, uh, you know, we can start combining our bodies and artificially seminating ourselves to being whatever the fuck we want. That's the future. I see it. It's been written as prophecies of like great writers are tapping into the Akashic record, wherever their creative energy comes through and tells them what the fuck the future potentially may be
0: so so what you said before that transhumanist part was beautiful by the way and uh and and then to go off that a little bit more do you think like because i know you're pretty against the transhuman agenda roman do you think that's what we should be going for is to become fucking robots and shit and
1: i think it's inevitable but is that good though is it good i don't know i you know i've had this question you know a lot because some people said that maybe the point of this you know this the soul's journey to get to being human and having this conscious level will be to seed and be the seed of earth and leave and and then put the seed of earth on other planets to pollinate like a flower pollinates and poofs its pollen that's like the it could be you know and that's why we're trying to get to space and to go do all these things that's one theory and it's fucking possible you know i i uh, yeah, I'm trying not to be fucking narrow-minded with the transhumanist shit because I fucking hate Elon Musk and I hate <laughs> elitists. And I hate Ooh, well, let's talk
3: about this. You're provoked by it, right? i incredibly got fears, provoked. And you yes. have fears as a result of it. See. Well, that's the same thing that patriarchy came from is what am i provoked by what am i scared of Mm -hmm. and i will say whatever subject matter is involved if you're provoked and if you're scared oh that's something to look at and you might actually have some power in it there might be something that actually is for you that you're rejecting or pushing away that might actually be helpful for you if it's so probably right
1: you're probably right
3: but it's like D all of the above, you know. It's it's all possible. It's just which direction do you want to take?
1: There's definitely issues yeah. with it, you know, socio, like, like a little bit. But you know, then again, it's like, you know, I, there's like the whole thing. Well, we create too much trash and it goes in the ocean, blah, blah. It's all synthesized from original earth materials, whether in how inorganic it is and how decomposable it is it's still created on the earth, you know, and like you could think of that in a sense of like, you know, it's not going to disintegrate in our lifetime. But, you know, the earth's been around a lot longer than we have. And like we created this from the earth with some sort of like. Diagrams downloaded from the fucking wherever the fuck it's been downloaded from. It's like, are we really creating trash or was the trash always there? You know, like fuck, I don't fucking know. Like it's crazy, you know, and so yeah, like a hundred percent, like are, you know, is creating robots and joining forces with them, you know, different with the, you know, what we were doing in the past and trying to collect, connect our, you know, consciousness to a collective of sorts and to go oh, have also- a higher power.
3: But it's also extreme to say like we're gonna integrate with like um something that's not human to become robotic when actually maybe it's we're creating something outside of ourselves so that we can actually use it to reflect on us, you know, like if we're creating more technology, like what is it right now? Like we're communicating. the way we're communicating. Um, Navier is also um a clairvoyant, so am I like we communicate like this and we've gotten tools, we've practiced them um, so that we can do these kind of things without the computer or the phone, but, you know, humans created this technology to articulate something that we innately knew we already had. From Christmas. so I'm saying, (laughs) so if you're going to be advancing in technology, you're probably going to be advancing in other ways too. Like there's always um, another part of it somewhere happening in the world. As much as there's so much, you know, war and aggression, you also Mm. have like so many people just meditating and praying, you know, like there's, there's always going to be one with the other, otherwise we can't exist
1: that's I, the that's the balance of that male female and the the polarity and you know the the inevitability it's beautiful
4: i wanted to say that all all humans start out as female and then decide what they're going to do not you know what i mean you, you guys all know that
3: mm-hmm.
1: yes. yes yeah yes. absolutely
4: and if you've yeah, ever the like the chromosomes change if you've ever like gone into an etheric um, body scan with someone like could be your partner or, you know, pagan festival, I don't know people are naked and you kind of, you know, gaze at them. You can see that they have both genders. You can see how different parts morph into other parts and we, we embody both of them. So, We all like we chose to take this form as, you know, whatever male or female or something in between, but we, we hold all of it. You know what I'm saying? Just like, just like the planets hold both genders and all genders. So do we. So it's not really, um, like a a pretend. It's like, what does this avatar want to embody? and have the experience of have this like sacred play of and maybe if we looked at it that way it wouldn't feel so like threatening or or outrageous you know what i mean
3: also um, sometimes when we're defining something like kind of have to say what it isn't to find out what it is yeah um, like sometimes I i'll hear be doing that. I'll be doing readings for someone and trying to describe something that you're kind of downloading or getting a picture of isn't always just easy to articulate. And so it's like, well, it's not this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the person kind of in it puts in that, um, what it is.
4: Yeah. Um, and to, to circle back Romy to what you were saying, thank you, Sabaya. So thoughtful. I really get it. Um, and I'm trying not to lose my train of thought, but okay. So I think where, and I love how you're trying to pull the, the power from the fear, like rock on with that. I love it. Um, but I think I'm because I like Romy have a similar, like hell no with the AI thing. And it's, and I'm like, is it fear or is it a warning?
1: Is and it I my feel- intuition? Our intuition, the intuition, sorry.
4: It it feels like a warning that... It, so it's not the tech. It's not like being uplifted by mechanical tech or any, you know, whatever. It's not that. And I would process in this as you were talking earlier. I think how I can identify it is it feels like unsafe. Like it could be a takeover. It could be hacked. And I... It's not like I don't want to be upgraded with with tech. I don't think that's my, my fear or issue. But it's a warning around how can this take us away from our humanity, take us away from our sovereignty, and take us down a road of... I don't know a road I don't want to go down
3: well it seems like tech is like about doing this it's getting something done whereas there's this beingness this really feminine quality associated like with the earth um I know you're saying earlier it's it's the earth can be seen as, as not divine feminine but there is this quality that will often associate with the divine feminine as being like that that really kind of um organic um kind of source energy like it's kind of where things started and and so yeah tech can kind of sometimes be a distortion away from that just natural um valid like just valid state of being instead of oh well we have to be getting something done or doing something but tech kind of goes down that road of what are we doing what are we doing
4: mm-hmm. yeah it feels more active and young versus yin and female and Passive, I guess, receptive.
1: And at this point in my life, I ha- it hasn't negatively affected anything in my life. It ha- I haven't seen it. I mean, potentially, like you know, you know, if we want to get into like the five G, you know, like or radiation or like being around like some really sketchy, like you know, the smart meters or like the Wi Fi router, when you kind of just feel like whoa, there's like a weird energetic pulse here. Kind of felt my heart skip a little bit, but outside of that, it's been relatively you know, uh, safe, you know, and it hasn't gotten out of hand yet or whatever. And so that's good. And, um, you know, I, I think, I think tech is something that we've had at an ancient past. I think we had access to the tech understanding of magnetics and, you know, uh, conductive materials and crystals and the power of all that energy for a long time. And then I think it was taken away, consolidated, and then now it's being spread out again slowly you know and i think it might be a pattern uh that happens too uh you know uh so yeah you know there, there's great things with it um you know i'm we're only gonna be alive for so long and it's like yo i've tried to i've, I've been a vocal person about my crazy ass beliefs for a long time and that's all i can really do you know but either way it's gonna happen the way it's gonna fucking happen dude yeah I would...
4: also I, okay go ahead sorry dan
0: I would say like my fear about the tech thing is, is because for so long now I've been more about trying to get more in in touch to, to nature and natural things and, and like robots and stuff seems very unnatural. It seems like it's away from nature and it's kind of taking us in a direction away from being natural. And, and so I guess that's kind of what, My fear about that is like, obviously, like computers and phones, like we can even see it with phones. People are so attached to those things that you can't even have like a conversation with people anymore. Um, So sometimes I feel like uh, tech has kind of it has helped in some situations, but it's also uh, has some negative effects on society as well. And with the invention of, like, robots and all these other things, like, you can see the societies and the sci-fi movies that are like this. They're all, like, poor and destructive mm-hmm. and, and really uh, dystopian. And so, I guess that's kind of, like, what my complaint about that would be. And what do you guys think about that?
2: I think with the transhumanism thing, though, like, isn't that... You, you I out. mean, like, is, isn't that, uh, the, for the transhumanism thing, isn't that like you become soulless or, I mean, how does that work? You, like, yeah. You're you become,
0: merging, like, no, a, merging with machine. Yeah. Well, like yeah, the one...
3: no, can, let's follow that thread. Yeah. <laughs> the soulless part, because if you're going to be full on tech, how are you supposed to feel? How are you supposed to have pain? Yeah, how are you supposed to get information? Like, Like that's your consciousness,
2: yeah. Yeah. Your consciousness is like totally fades away. Then at that point, right? I mean, you have like no intuition, like no gut feeling. Like you are just driven by something mechanical that's not natural.
4: I mean, we're all this is uncharted territory. Like Mm -hmm. we don't know, yeah. Just, Just and just to bring it back to like the whole trans conversation is like we don't really know how this plays out. Like trans people have always existed, but in this society, they've always been like for the most part closeted right so how is this going to play out we have like open doors on you know junior high high school folks that are get to explore their sexuality and their gender like is it all going to fall back into balance you know on their own personal journey is this is there more trans people now than there ever was is there more queer people now than there ever was is this the goddess expressing herself in this sort of fluid Way or you know what I'm saying? I'm just asking these questions. I don't
0: know. Well, when Roman was explaining it with the plants and stuff, uh it made a lot more sense that sometimes the gender reassigning thing is is more of a natural thing. Uh maybe it's like a natural thing to say, like our our society is getting too overpopulated, so certain people are out of like just because of nature itself, it's creating more people that are not having or producing children uh to to kind of curb that effect as as not even something that we're noticing is more of like a subconscious thing that's happening and occurring and and with that like i don't really have any any qualms or problems i think everybody should be who they want to be and be able to express themselves however they want Me too. Uh, my qualms are more, more so with the transhuman aspect of the man versus or merging with a machine and losing our 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 soul our soul or whatever and becoming into this uh technocratic age of of like half men half robot things yeah. and stuff like that like, that's kind of weird like, to me I, I i know it's like kind of like should we start to Should we accept it or is it something that we need to push back against? And I think that's a good question to ask. And that's why we have these conversations just to talk about them before it gets to the point where it's too late to ask these questions.
4: I mean, I can just say from an intuitive level that it feels like this is not the timeline I'm signing up for. I don't want to be merged with tech with machines or any of that. And I'm even like considering how do I sustain myself detaching from, you know, Wi-Fi or whatever, which I don't even, you know, phones and the the tech that I do have, you know, I've thought about that. How would I do that? Am I going to have my client send me a money order? Hmm. And when I receive it, I'll book an appointment in a week. Like, how is that going to work?
1: You know? oh, social credit score all the way. If you're connected to a cloud, there's inevitably going to be your, you know, your number connected to the, your, your account, basically.
4: That to me feels like it just sucks all my energy. When I go there, it just feels like,
3: oh. At any yeah. time, though, you get to set the tone, like you can change, like you said, you, you're deciding on how much you want to participate in this or utilize these things. And it's, um, it's really powerful when people do um, aren't part of that grid and aren't completely looked at. Like my partner, he's got a phone that looks so vintage when he goes to the phone (laughs) store. They're like, when is that from, you know, he doesn't um, do smartphone or any of those things. And it's such a different experience just to be around him. And so I think like people getting to demonstrate something often can set a tone instead of just, um, uh you know you have to you're going to just drop out of society if you don't you can actually be um a living demonstration by doing something
1: different where's this where's the
3: sauce at we want (laughs) to say what up um do you want more people in the room (laughs)
1: Uh her boyfriend is great. He's one of one of my old friends too. I love I love that man. He's so true. he's had a flip phone for as long as I've known him and it's awesome. Yeah.
4: I resisted, man. I didn't want to get a smartphone. It was 2015 before I got one. And
3: I kind of wish I never
4: did. That's yeah, pretty
3: good. And, and there's a lot of this stuff that's kind of coming up recently because technology just keeps amping up. You know, we're getting more G's all the time. <laughs> and so it's really hard to even notice um, what how what everything's effect is on us and, like, how we're going to figure that out five or ten years from now and be like, oh, shit, we should have known. Um, you know, we, we don't exactly know. I would like to think that this is um, – that we're going to mutate in a way that we see in comic books and it's going to give us super abilities. And this is the next stage of evolution. We're kind of accidentally giving ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's a hopeful Mm -hmm. part of me, but there's also, you know, the, the scared part of me that's like, wow, everyone's going to have cancer in five years. (laughs) You know, I, I don't know. I laugh because it's the only way that I can try to be neutral enough to get more information because if I get really scared, I'm going to be really stuck. Yeah. But, but I also want to be active enough that I do get to set the tone and maybe I don't have to participate in all this in the way that it just keeps going. Oh, this is how it is. You know, like that's why you guys are rising from the ashes. Like you have to burn something to create something. How do you break out of something? Yeah. How do you create yeah. something new instead of just being caught up in the tide?
1: Right. I, I yeah. think that's important to re- to remember too, is that uh, the, to be Neutral about things is like is is important, you know. To obviously share your passion and and, and you know share your dis- discernment when you know whatever, but like to be okay with being neutral at times, just so you can fucking just be and then take information and be like, all right, you know, I'm checking this. out. I'm being neutral right now, dude. Cool, and, man.
4: And when there those big reactions come in, and you're not able to be neutral, then there is something to look for. Yeah, what's going on here? Oh yeah, I have a strong reaction to the Elon Musk person and all that (laughs) stuff. I do, Um, and all that it represents, you know. And I feel like um, I don't feel very neutral about it. I feel like I'm clear that I want to stay as mm, organic as possible.
0: Yeah. Elaine, but, you were gonna say something.
4: Uh I
2: no. Yeah, go ahead.
4: Uh, I was gonna say I wouldn't begrudge someone who didn't have a hand to go ahead and get a bionic limb.
1: I've always wanted a bionic limb. I can make the hat for you, baby. <laughs> Seriously. I, <laughs> Me
4: too. Yeah. Let's always do wanted it. to be like
1: like Jackson Mortal Kombat. You get the right, I'll like, get the lift. To
2: yeah, be, take like, him
1: silver arms. And that's like. Jax. Yeah, that's what What's, I said. That's, oh, you did say that? Sorry. sorry, yeah. sorry. Jax is rat. <laughs> What's Jax backwards, man? Kaj. <laughs> yup.
3: So you guys got these bionic yeah. limbs in your imagination here, right? You got bionic limbs. What if yep. you had a limb out of a material that hasn't been defined yet, that <gasps> just was just as powerful? Yeah. Plasma? And Plasma limb? You know, that's part of Whift working... <laughs> <laughs> and energetically yes like yeah. um doing clairvoyant well, work like there's so much stuff that
0: buddhist monks can uh poke holes in trees with their fingers and they're not very strong at all so i mean i think that would uh, make spiritually, them very and, and and i guess if you can uh get yourself to that point you can pretty much do anything that you want anyways uh i was watching this one buddhist monk uh documentary and, uh, he was doing, uh, this core exercise breathing thing. And he was like, sitting in a Buddhist pose and like jumping three feet off the ground and then putting his feet back together in a Buddhist thing and landing back down. And I was like, this guy is insane. He has such control over his breath and his body that he's so just, one day. he's just, uh, doing it without even thinking about it. It's uh, it was pretty uh, incredible just to watch that and realize that humans have the ability to be so much powerful than we ever even thought that we could be, and that we don't even mis- need those machines to get there, and uh, we can get there spiritually, huh? Uh-huh. You get uh-huh. right, you get
2: you boys sound like you wanna be Mr. Gadget, like the modern day Mr. Gadget. It's like uh, go go freaking well, I'm da,
3: super da, in.
0: Da. I'm super into superheroes and, and villains and stuff like that. And I grew up with like superheroes and stuff. So I I remember like X-Men was my favorite thing, and I remember like the mutant thing and how they treated the mutants and there was a uprising for mutant uh uh Rights basically, and everything, and because all the humans were trying to kill the mutants because they couldn't have powers, and they didn't like that these other people could have powers, and so I always say like we need mutants and stuff before we get the robots. You know, those kind of come hand in hand, and there's a bunch of new stuff. Going on with like yeah, there's a bunch of new stuff going right. on with uh, gene altering and everything like that too, and
1: same time, it's, like
0: what what you know what's the limit of what we can do. To ourselves, and what should be that limit? You know, it's, should we put limits on that, or is that something do we, we should need just to be able to like be like we can do whatever we want to do? But then, if somebody gets too powerful to like, you know, destroy whole cities with their eyeballs, like is is there uh, is there an extent to where well, we when are we going to go? When
3: are we going to get to the point where how do we control ourselves instead of each other? As long as we're yeah. trying to control each other, it's just never going to end. But if we can be more focused on how we control ourselves and things like the divine feminine and the divine masculine, all these questions, like these are ways for us to understand ourselves. If we're provoked, if we're interested, if we're angry, if we're feeling like we get so, to.
0: Yeah. So what if society like, and Do me we need to meet- push it to the limit? Well, what if society and media taught us how to be uh, more inward with ourselves and meditate and uh, do more productive things with our life instead of uh, send us on the German, uh, journey of, of uh, transhumanism and uh, synthetic versions of ourself.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that all sounds well and good, but like, how about you just like, be normal <laughs> i mean like follow your intuition and like f- and find it on your own you know what i mean like why why does it have to be like, necessarily a transformation for the let like so you know
0: yeah so i again is that is that the point though too of of these uh of the elite that we talk about is that the point is to force us into the into uh, rejecting that and becoming more spiritual and doing things more natural. Uh, Are are they trying to be like the, that negative force or energy uh, that's helping us grow or is it, is it needed or is it not needed? I guess.
3: I think you're going to find whatever you're looking for. And the more that you focus on something, like you're going to get more information about it. If you think you're done, then you're done. But if you're going to keep looking at something, I mean, you guys are never going to run out of material for your podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but the they might shut us all down. So who knows what will happen? I mean, they're already after Joe Rogan. And I saw a thing about people that talk about uh, some of the subjects that we talk about uh, might be terrorists. So, I mean, w- there is there an end to the means, you know? I mean, at some point, will we have to stop just because uh we can't even talk about it anymore? Is there so much control over society that we can't even be normal? Uh, like you said earlier, we should be able to choose what we want to do. If we want to live in the wilderness, we can live in the wilderness. But what happens when you can't because society, because the power structure won't let you do that?
2: Then you'd say, Motherfuck the police, <laughs>
0: <laughs> just like with uh, with the, with the JAB and, and stuff, you know, people having to quit their jobs uh, to not get it. Or, you know, so right. there's there's already that stuff in effect that we see today and how much more of that is going to be in effect in five, 10 years down the road.
2: I think that's determined by the people and the people fighting back and fighting for what they believe in and going against the grain and not just following the herd, you know?
1: Yeah. It's like, a, it's a big lesson to, for us to actually wake the fuck up, you know?
2: Yeah. Wake up. Body
4: sovereignty <laughs> is, is really important. And I think what, that's what is important. Body sovereignty, mm-hmm. having sovereignty over your own body. Yes. And, And, and being able to express yourself as who you are, as long as you're not hurting any, I'm not talking about like, you know, hurting other people, but I'm talking about you being who you are and being able to express that and, and choose because of what feels right for you based on your own morals, ethics, and inner code. Like it doesn't have to be aligned with a religion because you could be a religion of one, but I wanted to, I wanted just to circle back. We were talking. Um, I didn't I didn't know how to jump in, but this is a couple topics back. I'm sorry. But um, talking ahead. about genetics and different things. I mean, I really feel like we've already been um, genetically created or, or manipulated. accelerated or manipulated or whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? It's just natural that now humanity has this propensity of like, oh, we've discovered the science and now we're able to do that. I don't think it's new. I think we are genetically manipulated creatures.
3: Hmm. I definitely feel very GMO'd. I'm so sensitive with all my <laughs> yeah. can't have handle the sun or I can't handle like certain foods. I just am like, wow, I've been GMO'd to <laughs> But You're i really like ask- one, of the, one of those shaky I little dogs. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's also because like I'm the same way, Sabaya. I'm a seer I'm a sensitive seer mystical person so like I have food allergies and all different sensitivities too and I'm also autistic and ADHD and so this neurodivergence if you haven't looked into that look for yourself look into that because oh it's been really interesting so having sensitivities um kind of goes hand in hand with being wired differently than the rest of society like I'm never going to be normal Someone said earlier, be just be normal. I'm never going to be normal. I'm the queerest, oddest, weirdest person, and I'm built that way. I'm meant to be that way. And I'm finally okay with it. And not, I mean, I haven't been trying to conform or fit in for a long time, but there's been this othered feeling. And some of some folks that have gone against the mainstream narrative this time around know what I'm talking about now. The more mainstream people that are suddenly being othered because of their viewpoints, know what the weirdos have been feeling most of our lives. You know what I'm saying? So the mainstream who's signing up for the JAB are saying to the people who are not signing up for the JAB and saying, just be normal and get it. See what I'm saying? Like, no, I don't want to. And that's what the that's the that's what the response is because that doesn't feel right to them. So we all get to decide what's normal for ourselves. And I don't know. I think it's kind of sexy yeah. to be different and to be an individual and to be accepted for that and even maybe admired for it. Or like, I love when people are freaky and weird. I think it's awesome that they're expressing themselves and it's not looking like everything else. You know what I mean? I think we're kind of taught to like homogenize. And that's one of my biggest triggers around. The transhuman stuff is like, I don't want to be, you know, a Borg. I um,
2: yeah, I think everybody has the right to choose, you know, everybody, you know, can make their own choice in life of what they want to do and everything else. But I, I do think that there becomes a time where if it interrupts like somebody else's experience, then in a negative way, then that's like an issue. You know what I mean?
3: I think that, um the the feminine the divine feminine of creating of kind of like constantly birthing something means that it's like endless surprises there's going to always be something that's going to surprise us and there's always going to be something new because that's like the essence of creativity there's always going to be a derivation um and how we get to embrace that within ourselves without it becoming something that has to come from outside of ourselves is i think really interesting to look at like how am I birthing a new aspect of myself or a new way of doing things or a new way of understanding things? You know, it's not necessarily how the audience receives me, but how do I get to kind of play that part and be seen? How do I see myself? I think is becoming increasingly important because yeah, if I don't have a certain avatar on social media, if I don't like claim to be something like, do I even exist? Sometimes, you know, that, that thought process happens with how things are set up in our culture but um it's still always me who decides um how i'm receiving myself and if you're going to run that through somebody else through a filter of something else there's always going to be distortion i don't think you can ever really put into words the essence of any person you know i think that we that's how artists are made is this like struggle to try to, yeah. you know, visualize or uh, um, put it audio. Like how, how can you, or the smell, like how do you bring the essence of an experience? And um, so I think it's most important to notice how we're seeing that within ourselves instead of how we see someone else playing it out. I'd really, yeah. Off
0: there. No, that's, <laughs> so that was that's good. Yeah. That's great. Have
4: you, have you guys ever seen that movie? I heart Huckabee's.
0: I think so. Yeah.
4: So there's yeah. this existential detectives yes. and they do this whole thing of like, how am I not myself? How am I not myself? How am I not? How am I not myself? And they just like walk around saying this and I find myself doing that. How am I not myself? How am I not myself? And I just want to say like where I'm coming from lately is I am just so grateful whenever I have an experience with another being like, how freaking cool is it that our paths get to cross and we get to have this discussion or like, you know, someone will find me on TikTok or Instagram or something. And they'll be like, Hey, I want a reading with you. And I'm just like, I'm so freaking honored that this person wants to like have a powwow with me that our, our moments are converging. Like, it's just so freaking awesome.
1: Your wows get to pow. (laughs)
4: Yeah. I love it. And I know that all the different people that are crossing my path, maybe like they're a difficult mirror or a black mirror or, you know, a shadow mirror or whatever. And maybe I'm like, huh, about that person. And I'm like, "Ooh, why am I all prickly? Why am I prickly here? You know, and then I'll say to myself, well, what's the gift here? Like what what rabbit hole do I get to go down and understand how am I not myself? Like, how is this needing to be integrated? You know, because like if you think about the divine feminine as the all that is and everything emerges from it, scatters, explodes, you know, and comes into form and experience to like, it's like we're all one being experiencing itself subjectively, Bill Hicks. Right. Um, That's where I go with it. Like, that's the goddess. The goddess is everything and everything in the embodied manifest world is like her dream you know that's what i yeah saying.
0: excellent um that's actually a good place to end right there uh i'm gonna go around and let everybody have a final thought and uh sabaya and navier tell people where they can find you at so that uh they can get in touch with you and uh so you can touch their beautiful souls <laughs> we'll start with sabaya uh,
3: thanks thanks for having me on hey guys um uh, you can find me at visionswitch. Oh, yeah, Switch. of course. <laughs> um, yeah, Vision Switch dot space. It's just one word.
0: Flint. And Navier?
4: I have a link tree, which is one link to rule them all. And <laughs> it's l-i-n-k-t-r-dot-e-e backslash-a-wandering-witch. Dot and there, there's links to my podcast, my Patreon, and my Etsy shop, and all social media, YouTube, etc.
0: All right. Uh, thank you very much, ladies, for joining us. Uh, that kind of went off off the rails a little bit on the, the goddess. But I think it does connect in, in essence, uh, because what we're talking about is, you know, the societal structure that we have now and the loss of the feminine aspect and kind of these aspects that are coming into being now kind of down the road and what how do we navigate this journey and i think these are all questions that all of us should be asking and trying to figure out for ourselves and having these conversations out loud uh, because we need to talk about it i mean this is kind of Uh, therapy in a way you know to be able to have these conversations and see maybe where we're wrong or our understandings aren't right so we can make the proper decisions uh because it's going to affect the world at large um down the road so um thank you guys for joining us roman and elaine do you guys have any final things to
1: say the goddess is within all there's not dying to separate shine except for the red vine of the intertwine of the licorice. <laughs> the, all
0: right. The, wise words. The, thank you,
1: sir.
2: The bad bitch will never die. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Hell
3: yeah.
1: All right. Yeah, thank oh, you yeah. Guys so much.
0: Yeah, thank you all very much, Fire Tribe. Thank, you, for thank listening. you so much. And wake
4: <laughs> Oh, oh, wake. <sighs> we hope.
0: Wake up. <laughs>
3: mm.